1: Connecting to the big show. In three, two, one. The attack on all your senses from minute one—it was incredible.
2: Don't just hand over this dive. Educate yourself. I would welcome anything that would help to protect the children forever. You know? The same spiel we get from them—very little respect. Can
1: we just talk? Call 0818 96, 96, 96. Text
2: or WhatsApp 083 96 96.
1: Email opinion at 96fm.ie. This is The Opinion Line with PJ Coogan.
2: On Cork's 96FM.
3: Ah, lads, come on. You get something landed on your desk. Big, a big, big thing that requires just a little bit of ambition. And a little bit of thought And a bit of energy And a bit of gumption And a bit of get up and go and let's just do it And a bit of this is a huge thing Third biggest sporting event On the planet Was there for the taking And we said Nah, cause we mightn't be able To do it in time Pathetic Absolutely pathetic Withdrawing It was there on the table for us to be taken, now it's going to go to Barcelona and the blessings of God to them the blessings of God to Barcelona, I really wish them well with it, we could have had this thing and I remember, I'm old enough to remember the tall ships race coming to Cork and I was privileged at the time to be on one of the committees uh, connected with the tall ships race in Cork and I remember when that idea was, was first mooted people said, oh no, that's too big you couldn't do it, you couldn't do it oh God no, Cork could never, oh God no, you couldn't you couldn't it was the biggest event, and it's a few years ago now, the biggest and most successful event I've ever had the privilege to be involved in. Because people just said, you know what, we're going to do it. We're going to do it. <sighs> Your thoughts on the America's Cup, if you have any, please, to 0818 96 96, 96. Also, coming up on the programme today, have you ever had to quit a job because you couldn't get childcare? I've been talking to a woman, I have been talking to a woman who, very skilled, Uh, worker in the construction industry very skilled position in the construction industry, she is has had to seriously consider her position because she moved to West Cork to be with her husband's family and cannot get childcare cannot get appropriate childcare has been trying and trying and trying and is now on the point of quitting her job because there's no one to mind her children, have you ever been in that situation Yourself and the costs of childcare. Fiona's been talking to me off air this morning, and I'm so glad I'm not paying for it anymore. I really, really am. Also, The Full Monty is coming back on Disney Plus as a television series 25 years after the movie was made. What a fabulous movie and what a fantastic soundtrack! But it's coming back as a Disney Plus series. We'll look into that a little bit later. I hope that Disney Plus do a better job on it than they did with Pam and Tommy, which is a catastrophe. Uh, despite all the hype, it's an absolute catastrophe. But the full Monty was great, so we'll see uh, what will happen with that when it comes back. But first of all, Catherine, you're trying to get people to work for you. You run a home care company, and you can't get permits for people. Good morning.
4: Good morning. Good morning, PJ. And I was just listening to your last question, and I may have to close down my home care company because I cannot get staff.
3: Okay, tell me more.
4: Tell you, me, tell you more. I have three wonderful Brazilian ladies, Tata Sibeli and Janiel, who are qualified nurses, who have been working with me for a long period of time, and they applied for work permits. colosov is the company that I run, mm-hmm. and colosov has spent up to the tune of €10,000 to get permits and I'd say because of bureaucracy I cannot get work permits. On the 31st of May next, and you can hear by my voice I'm really upset, those three ladies would be on a plane back to Brazil. I can offer them employment 40 hours a week with my clients and I can pay them twenty-eight thousand a year for a 39 hour week and I cannot get their permits. Mary Butler, the Minister for the Elderly, was on the radio with Katie Hannon in February. Yes. And she said that, um, and you can go back on the podcast I if heard you wish.
1: I
3: did listen back when you oh, were Oh, Wonderful.
4: This, yeah. Wonderful. Great. And she stated categorically that this work permit is available, but she also stated that people. Companies don't want to take it up and people don't want to work those hours. I have three wonderful nurses that do want to work those hours. Just for
3: the benefit of people who wouldn't be overly familiar, Catherine, what do your three people, what kind of a permit do they need and how are you supposed to go about getting it for them?
4: Okay, now up up to last year, you had to be a qualified nurse to get a permit to work. In Ireland okay mm. the ruling changed because of COVID and because of the lack of uh, employees in our industry and they've changed the ruling and uh, I can employ these ladies as healthcare assistants and they can go out and are going out to the homes of the elderly and the people with disability in Cork every day of the week to look after them mm. okay yeah. the permit the permit allows them to work for 39 hours a week and I our company pay them We've agreed to pay them 28000 even though 27000 is what is recommended. We're happy to pay that. Okay. Okay. okay, okay. Now, these th- th- these are called non-EE workers, okay, which means they're not in the European Union. Sure, sure. Okay, so h- how they get to Ireland initially is they come to Ireland and they learn English. So they sign up in an English school to learn English. They can work 20 hours a week and learn English at the same time. Okay. Once their standard of English is good enough, they can work as nurses. Okay. My three ladies do not want to work as nurses in the hospital or in the nursing home because they can see the value they're giving to our elderly and vulnerable people with disability in the community. Okay. Okay? You know, we're going to have a crisis here in Ireland. We have a crisis of healthcare assistance. I have three wonderful healthcare assistants. I have contacted Minister Martin's office to no avail. I have contacted Mary Butler's office to no avail. I've contacted Thomas Barnes' office to no avail. Now, the reasons they were refused the first, we applied for Talarisa and Savelli on the 16th of August. And the reason they were refused was because the position of healthcare assistant is not on the eligible list. Nobody told the people in the offices in, that are processing these applications that, yes, healthcare's assistant is on that list, okay? The other reason they refused them was the remuneration offered. We offered 27,000 euro a year, which was what is on the paperwork, okay? Mm-hmm. And we offered, we put on a 40-hour week. We were refused on the basis that it should have been a 39 hour week. Okay. So, so okay. yeah. So we reapplied. In the meantime, we applied for three ladies. Okay. We replied. The first refusal was accepted and granted. Somebody obviously opened the book and found out yes, healthcare assistance can apply. The second was refused again. OK, we offered, we increased 29,000 and we offered them a 13-hour hour week. Yeah. OK, now I will quote Sibeli yesterday, said, I will live homeless in Ireland because I want to stay in Ireland to work with you and to work with the elderly. Yes. So I'm, I have no alternative. I've tried RT, I've tried 96FM, I've tried politicians. I need somebody to get these three ladies' working permits, and I need them before the 31st of May, or I'll be waving goodbye. And They'll Catherine, give me 120 hours a week work.
3: We have stated, and it has been stated by the relevant minister, Minister Butler, that this yes. visa, we permit. Call it visa permit, this permit yes, is yes. available. And, yes, and, it is. And, and your three employees tick the boxes for the availability. Oh,
4: of 100%. So, why the hell can't they get it? Because of bureaucracy. We were promised, when the first rejection was made, we were promised, okay, through um, the different ministers we spoke to via email, because you can't talk to people now anymore. It's all email contact. We were promised that when we resubmit the new application, that it would go to a particular person in a particular department. Okay? The application went in, somebody else picked it up, and rejected
3: it again. So I just, I just, just roll back a little bit. So effectively, what you were told and I'm breaking this down, is you can appreciate, Catherine, this is your work. You're very familiar with it. And, and yes. I'm thinking it through with you. But I'm thinking in terms of people who don't get it. So, so you and your colleagues, your, your associates filled yes. out all the paperwork. You sent yes. it in. You were told yes. this paperwork isn't complete or we can't grant it on the basis of this paperwork. You said, fine, we'll take it back. We'll do what you need us to do. We'll make all the corrections. We'll dot the I's, We'll cross the Ts. Yeah. We'll take the boxes. And they said, "Fine." When you've all that done, send your paperwork back to Joe to Joe Blogs, and Joe Blogs yes. started out. Yes. And absolutely. You've heard no more since.
4: And we sent it. No, we sent it back in March. We sent it back on the fourteenth of March, twenty twenty-two, and we got a notification. last her that. Sorry, ladies, you're going home.
3: And reasons given were.
4: The reasons given were um, um, the second uh, grounds was um, an issue that um, that we weren't paying them enough. The remuneration offered was not enough. But I thought you, even th- though th- I thought I rec- you started that out I the first time. No, no. no we did, when we reapplied, we increased the, the remuneration from 27,000 to 28,000 to right, make sure right. that it would go through and a uh, thirty-nine-hour now in our week. And they refused it on that basis. It's pure bureaucracy. I, I, You know, we're not sleeping. I, my, you, you mentioned, you know, women can't go to work because they have no childcare. My company is closing down because we can't get across the board. The HSE did a big recruitment drive. They can't get staff. We have a crisis and we have three. And if these three ladies are granted their visa, I can have another three and another three and another three coming into Ireland. And the service they offer is second to none. So, PJ, I don't know what you can do for me, but our heart's broken.
3: All we can do is give you a chance to speak, Catherine. That's all we can do, and I, let you have your absolutely.
4: voice. PJ, can I just tell you that since March, two years ago, is actually two years ago, we haven't missed one day work with with our clients. Our staff have worked morning, noon, and night.
3: Through the pandemic. To make sure
4: that every... Through, oh, yes. Through the pandemic, we... Hardly missed an hour. We never missed a client visit. Never. Through the pandemic. Our staff were incredible. Private and HSC uh, clients. They were all service across the board. We were offered um, a reward last week um, for the 18th of March as healthcare assistants for being frontline workers. We were offered a reward for Patrick's Day off. We worked all Patrick's Day and we worked all Friday the 18th to cover clients. We got no day off. It cost the company a fortune because Bank holidays cost a fortune. Yeah. And the second thing is that, you know, the HSE will receive, and rightly so, a reward for the work they did during the pandemic. We want to be recognised. Our staff will get no reward for the work they've carried out. And they're incredible staff. Um, I would imagine that any of my clients will probably ring in later and say yes we've worked with Colasol for years they're incredible people they go far beyond you know what's expected of them and you know our reward is that we refuse work permits we're not recognised as frontline workers our our staff will get no bonus and then I'm penalised for bank holidays because I have to pay double pay which I'm happy to do delighted to do and delighted all our staff are covered you know
3: I can hear the upset and the anger in your oh.
4: voice. Yes, it's upset, it's mm-hmm. anger. And I have three wonderful ladies no, crying no, no, themselves.
3: Catherine, to Catherine, see. Let, me, let me ask you one question. And I'm asking it because it will come in, okay? okay? Yes. Are there not locally qualified people available?
4: Okay. And I'm being dead honest with you, uh, PJ, because I believe in... Hundred percent honest. I have a team of incredible workers. The challenge we have in our industry, and anybody across the board will agree, okay? The challenge is the government are paying too many different um, payments to different people not to work, okay? So you can you can stay home and you have a payment for A, B, or C, and you work twenty hours a week. So they're actually penalised if they go out to work. So if I, if I advertise for somebody to work today and they come to me and I say, I can offer you 40 our week and I can pay you X amount of money and we pay a very good salary here and travelling expenses, which um, we, Mary Butler herself said we don't pay travelling expenses. We certainly do at 41 cent a uh, kilometre. But because people are on all these government schemes, they are losing money to go home to work. So, if they come to work for 40 hours, they're losing all their benefits. So I'm saying to the government, look at what you're doing to the country. You're paying people to stay at home. We need you on the ground. We need you. We have a wonderful opportunity here for you to go out into people's homes. People are opening their doors with open arms. You can go in, you can have tea, you can have a chat. You are so welcome because they appreciate what you're giving to their loved ones. The alternative is to be in hospital without visitors, to be in a nursing home without visitors. Today we need to get people home into their homes, and we need to get staff to go into their homes to look after them in a dignified manner. So you can see, I'm quite upset.
3: <laughs> no, yeah, you you make your point in such a way that I'm just sitting here listening to you, thinking, "Where's the where's the problem here?" As in, government, come on.
4: Yeah, government, come on. Oh, absolutely, absolutely. You know, it's easy to get on the air and criticized and I, I consider off criticized by the minister um in, in that um podcast with Katie Hannon. She stated that private companies are paying between ten fifty and I can't think off the top of my head the upper bracket. We pay nobody ten fifty. We pay pet, and she claimed we don't pay petrol expenses. We pay petrol expenses. She said that the HSE pays 16 euro an hour to their staff. That's my taxpayers' money they're paying. It's easy to pay them 16 euro an hour because it's the taxpayers' money. If you knew, PJ, you'd be horrified. I guarantee that you're earning more an hour and probably a lot more an hour than what we are being paid t- to work on the ground for the HSE. And Mary Butler said there's funds available. She never had so much money available. And yet they won't pay us private home care companies a proper wage to go in, and supply healthcare assistance. So we're expected to pay the same as them, even though, we I made a loss on Patrick's day, I made a loss on the 18th, by making sure that all our clients were serviced. So I hate the expression, and I, hate, I genuinely hate this expression, they need to take their fingers out. I absolutely hate it, but I think it's imperative that they're told, lads, just wake up, wake up and look at what's happening on the ground. We're in a crisis situation and I personally think our crisis for the last two years wasn't COVID, okay? Our crisis is what's happening to the elderly, what's happening to people with disability. That's the real crisis. It's the crisis of the unseen cases that, that what's, hap- what's happened to people. I have, I have clients who stood outside the Mercy Hospital looking up at the room their husband was dying in because they weren't allowed into that room. Now, the husband didn't know they were down there, so they stood outside the hospital looking up. This day and age, it's third world care. Okay, and I could talk all day. I am so upset about what's happening here in Ireland and the lack of support for the likes of me who have a small private home care company who want to make sure, thanks to my experience of my parents living at home, for 10 years and been loved and cared. And our motto is, you love, we care. So let us care. And I'm asking the government to help us care. Firstly, get our visas for these three wonderful ladies and more to follow on. And secondly, pay us more so that we can put these carers with a good salary into the elderly people's home and the people with disability and keep them at home. Because as long as they're home, they're safe, they're loved, they want to be at home, yeah. and that's the bottom line.
3: Yeah, and I think you you stated so clearly and so well and so passionately. Catherine, I don't know if anybody is listening who can help you with this ridiculous situation of red tape and, and bureaucracy. Uh, maybe there is, maybe there isn't. If there is, they can contact us and we'll put them in touch yes. with you. But you, you, make your, you make your point eloquently.
4: Thank you, I appreciate that. Um, We, we, our ladies, love our clients, even though we're not supposed to, we're supposed to care for them, but we just have this passion. We wouldn't be in the business without this passion for the elderly and people with disability. And we need help. So please help us.
3: I can hear it in your voice, Catherine. If anybody knows how Catherine, if any of our public reps are listening, who might have some idea how Catherine gets around this bureaucracy... Oh, I was going to. Can I can I can I confirm that Fiona? Yeah, Padraig O'Sullivan, uh, Fianna TD, has been in touch uh, while we were talking to Catherine, and says he might be able to help. So we're going to put Catherine and Padraig in touch off the air, and we'll follow this one with interest. Can we
1: just talk? opinion line on Corks 96 FM
2: with the Cork City Marathon. Take on your next challenge this June by running solo or with a team. Register at CorkCityMarathon.ie. Oldies and Irish on Corks 96 FM is the big Sunday show on your radio. Big, big, big radio, Turn it up and take it easy with the best music mix for your Sunday morning. Sunday morning. Welcome along to the program. Lovely to be with you on a Sunday morning. Oldies and Irish with Derry O'Callaghan. Sundays, 10am to 2pm. With Hidden Hearing. Tuning you in so you don't miss a thing. And we've been doing it for over 30 years. Hiddenhearing.ie
1: Cork 96FM
3: Somebody was on the phone there saying 28,000 on a 39-hour week is 7-ish. Euro an hour I looked at that and said that can't be right It isn't, 28,000 Divided by 52 Is 538 And divided by 38 Or 39 Is 1380 an hour Now obviously that's before tax But 1380 an hour Before tax Um, So it's not 7-ish euro an hour caller says my niece has to look after her uncle and all she gets is one hour in the morning and one hour in the evening there's a huge wait for staff Catherine is so right says this message Uh, so many jokers relaxing at home in their free houses laughing at the rest of us government need to buck up and do regular checks on the thousands of Irish people who simply refuse to work a frustrated annoyed listener and Steve says she's 100% right too many social payments these days you'd make more sitting on your ass at home than doing a week's work no help for the working parents trying to get childminders it's a great country that we live in speaking of great countries Victoria moved from north of Ireland to Cork and now she's considering that she may have to give up her job Uh, because of childcare. I've been speaking to Victoria about that. Victoria, originally from County Down, you moved to West Cork. We'll start with that. Why did you move down?
5: Um, I married a man from West Cork and we decided to move just because we wanted to be closer to his family. He has a large family.
3: And you're based now?
5: Just outside Dunmanway. All right.
3: Talk to me about childcare.
5: Uh, I suppose I really didn't think about it before we moved on. I just assumed that it would be quite similar to the north, that the, you know, the availability would be there. Um, And I was due to finish maternity um, end of February, which I had to put off because I just couldn't find anybody to mind the kids. How old are they? Um, Ted is almost three. He'd be three in August and Nell is now eight months
3: Okay, and you were due to go back in February, but literally, like, what is the situation we're trying to find childcare in West Cork?
5: There's just no availability, so it's word of mouth or so, it was family members saying, you know, I think this lady's at home and she minds kids, or there's no crash, which I was totally unaware of, and I suppose up north, I'm used to, anybody that does it up north is qualified, so... They go by the rules and regulations. They can only have a certain amount, and um, they've got all their qualifications. Whereas I find that down here it's more, you know, it's who you know. You know, if this girl's at home and she's on maternity, um, she'll mind a few kids. That's yeah. So it was just more word of mouth.
3: Yeah. Where is the nearest creche to you?
5: <sighs> I'm not sure. I honestly think it's it's clinic healthy.
3: And like when you were back in County Down, how would you have found mm-hmm. how close were you to a creche?
5: There was crashes everywhere, but I, I chose not to go to a crash. I went to a qualified childminder that did childminding in her own home. Sure. Just because I wanted, I was working long hours, I worked in construction, I wanted, there was only Ted at the time, so I wanted him just to have a normal home routine so she would have had a few other kids there and he would, it would have been as close a routine as what he would have had at home with us
3: sure. as possible. Sure, but if you wanted a crash?
5: Yeah, you could have had, you know, your pick, you could have went and decide had a handful to choose from.
3: And what's the price of it up there, like compared to down here?
5: No, it is still expensive. I am like my brother is currently trying to get a crash for his. We went up north at the minute and he's been quoted between 42 to 45 quid a day. And that's, that's obviously pounds sterling. Um, and again, that's bring your own food and your own nappies and all, which is understandable. That's the same as child minding from home. Um, I think I was just fortunate. I'd met a lady that, and she was fantastic and I, we were paying 30 a day when I was working from home and then if I worked, when I was on site in Dublin, she was charging 35 a day because obviously it was longer hours because I was dropping them off to make sure I was in Dublin in time.
3: Yeah, yeah. So, you're a health and safety manager in the construction in- industry. Now, you spent yeah. many years studying for that and working hard to get to the level you're at and I think you generally are afraid now Victoria, you you won't be able to go back to work because you simply can't afford it
5: Yeah, that's just it, I mean it's the it's the, one, the lack of childcare that's about and then two, if we do find one, it's the cost, like I've had people say oh, well I can do Monday and Tuesday but I can't do any other day and then there's maybe been another lady that said oh I can do Thursday for you but that doesn't work for me because I work full time, Yeah. so And I work in construction, so I can't say, look, can I work Monday and Tuesday and try to work from home the rest? And even if I was working from home, I still need somebody there to help with the kids because, you know, I'd be in meetings and stuff. And it's just the industry that you're in. You know, you can't have two kids sitting in your knee while you're doing a corporate meeting or anything like that.
2: No, you can't.
5: No, you can't. I certainly can't bring them onto a building site with me either.
3: (laughs) You certainly can't. No, 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 I'm not laughing, it's just so practical. You know, The but there's nothing there, just nothing.
5: Not that I have, like we've moved down here from in November and I haven't been able to find anything. I've put work off Now I've said I'll drop, come back hopefully the end of March and it's actually got this age stage last week where I felt like I can't mess the company around so I've handed them notice in.
3: You've actually handed your notice in?
5: Yeah, because I can't keep deferring and saying I need another month, I need another month because that's not for in the company and it's not for on us as a family either, just trying to put the pressure on of like I'm constantly saying to Sean, my husband right at four weeks to try find something Yeah,
3: and with the cost of living uh, now going the way it is yeah. you need two jobs
5: We do, like I would love to be able to just stay at home and look after my own kids and just know that everything's fine, it, but it puts a lot of pressure on Sean as well because he's out working and you know, people say, oh, the, the mum stays at home. But that's not the case. Like, we've had a discussion, like, who brings in more money? Would it be better that I went back to work than you stayed at home? Um, we have sat and went through every avenue possible. But, you know, when he's out working, then there's a lot of pressure on him, right? I need to be out here working all the hours I can to make sure I'm covering absolutely everything. And I hate that as his wife, because I know, right, well, I might be at home with the kids, and that's hard work, and just doing the general day stuff. But I know he's under a lot of pressure when he's out at work, just making sure to say, all right, OK, do we have enough to make ends meet? You know, it's, everything's expensive now. The price of electricity has gone up, even cost of food, the cost of living in general. Yeah. So it's like, what do you do? It's, it's catch 22. Yeah,
3: it is. Every time we discuss this, I, I get messages coming in going, well, do what we all did, stay at home, mind our own children. But that's a bit, yeah. That's that's not very sympathetic, is it?
5: No, it's not sympathetic. And I think they don't take into consideration, you know, it's 2022 now, you know, the cost of living and women want to have careers as well. Like I had two kids and my husband was able to have paternity leave and then go straight back to work. It's just assumed that, you know, the mother stays at home and I love being at home with my kids, but I want to work as well. I want to have both. And I find a lot of people say you can't have both for to pick it up wrong and say, "Well, if you want to work, then you shouldn't have had kids," and that's very frustrating because I did what I do want to have my children, but I also want to have a career as well.
3: Yeah, now that you've you've handed in your notice, where do you see yourself? It's the old interview <laughs> question: where, where do you see yourself? We won't say five years, but where do you see yourself in three months?
5: Do you know, I honestly don't know. I've I've done a few interviews just to see what what's going on out there, and there is plenty of work. I've even sat with my husband saying, "We'll come up with a business plan." Like I couldn't mind children and anybody that does it for a play to them, but I'm actually contemplating going to the government and asking for funding and saying about getting a crash yeah. <laughs> because we just need something. I'm like I'm not the only person in this position, and I think for me too, it's taken into consideration the hours like if i work in construction i have to be on site for seven so if you have an hour to travel you're leaving the house at six you know you might find a child might in once they hear them hours they're saying oh my goodness no way definitely not and yeah. um, so it's trying to get the facilities there that enable us women to go back to work or the men or both both of them to be able to go out and do a day's work come home and have their kids and yeah. um, so yeah that's We've been talking about would it be possible to get a crash opened you know, in the Dunmanway area. It's close vicinity to other towns nearby, but who knows? Um, if you ring me in three months' time, I'm probably still at home with the kids, to be honest with you.
3: Do you regret the move now?
5: I wouldn't say I regret the move. I think I probably should have thought about it um, a bit more in depth. It was just a case of, right, let's sell and move down to see the family, and that was exciting. Yeah. Um, I certainly don't regret it because I do believe the kids will have a better childhood down here yeah. as opposed to the north. But um, I, I want the best of both worlds.
3: <laughs> and you know what? There's no harm in asking for that either. Lovely talking to you, Victoria. Take care.
5: You too. Thank you very much.
3: There you go. She's uh, She has handed in her notice thinking about pivoting, maybe opening a childcare business or opening a creche. Um, but she's given up the job or she's handed in the notice of the job she loves because of childcare issues. Fiona, we were chatting earlier this morning. I mean, it, it's ridiculously expensive, like.
0: It is PJ Um, I have uh, thankfully got one that's in school now until half two um, but our childcare costs are still um, in around €700 a month Um, but that's down from €1500 a month a couple of years ago when Mm. yeah, Nancy, the youngest was in full-time childcare and then Charlie had the three hours of ECCE in the mornings but then he had uh, the rest of the afternoon um, in childcare as well Yes, it was €1500 a month which was on top of the mortgage and the bills and everything else so there were a couple of times where I really was like Victoria there and considered just giving up work altogether because um, it felt like, um, you know, that I was just handing somebody else money to spend all this time with my children. But then um, I've just actually come off the phone there from somebody and she said that, um, you know, you can't have everything. Why do women always want to have, uh, you know, the full time childcare and the or, you know, to have children and, and the full time job? But um You know, with the cost of living nowadays, Mm. it's not so easy to just say, right, you know what, I'm just not going to work. Because you still need money to pay your mortgage and your bills and stuff as well. You're getting to
3: a point now where, and there are a lot of modern homes where one salary just won't cut.
0: Mm. it. I know, yeah. And that's the majority of homes, I think, for for many, many people, you know. Um, And as well as that, it's, um, you, you know, I... Just what Victoria was saying there about like trying to find a childminder, we had to uh, change childminder last year just for logistics, and uh, it was it was really really difficult to try and find somebody. And I know what she's saying about word a word of mouth. I mean, I was asking everybody and anybody about childcare, and then I'd ring up somebody, and they didn't have any places, or they were completely booked out. So, um, yeah, it is. It's a it's a really really difficult time mm. I think for people at the minute. And are you
3: on any of these MEMS WhatsApp groups?
0: I am. <laughs> and
3: is it, it's, I, I say it's a widespread problem, is it?
0: It is, yeah. Um, I was even chatting to one of my neighbours the other day and she has uh, twins who are starting school in September and she has no childcare um, sorted out yet and she doesn't know what she's going to do and um, she's been asking a lot of people and, um, you know, they... Uh, that there, there's nothing around, um, and I just see there a message came in there from somebody um, in response to Victoria. Has she explored the idea of a no pair? Mm. Um, but sometimes you don't have the space for a no pair. You that's know, right. we kind of chatted about that myself, and my husband, one time. But we wouldn't have the space for a no pair in the house, so yeah.
3: it's just an no uh, pair needs their own space mm. and they need their own room to call entirely their own. Yeah, you know, that's not yet, and that's one bedroom gone. You've got to have that for them. So. Mm-hmm. Yeah, not every not every house has the space for a no pair unless they're going no. to live in the shade Head,
0: which no, you're isn't. not
3: allowed to do that, like, <laughs> <Yeah.
0: laughs> so it is, it's, it's, it's expensive, and um, I know my mother used to always say, Why are you working? but uh, you know, as I said, you have to pay bills, and sometimes, um, you know, you've you know, for a lot of women, if you get asked that question, you know, you've gone through college, you've worked hard to get a career, you want to have children, you want to have a family, but you don't want to give it all up either. So, um, it's a it's a difficult time for for many many parents out there at, at the minute. And just you know, if anybody would like to share their experiences yes. with us and let us know how difficult it is, like, have you had to give up your job, like Victoria? Um, are you finding it hard to find childcare? Are you f- struggling with the cost of childcare? We'd love to hear from you.
3: Okay. All right, Feeb, thanks for that. 0818 96 96 96. And we do hear of so many times then of women who decide, okay, do you know going to do now? I'm going to stay home and mind my kids for a few years and we'll survive on the one salary and that is fine. And then when the kids go to school and, and you know, they have a bit more time on their hands, they try to get back into the workforce and they find that the whole workplace, even the one they used to be in, has all changed and, and they're way behind. That's what causes another problem. In a lot of countries, says this caller, the employers provide the creche. Yes, a lot of places do provide creches. Getting back to our first uh, discussion this morning. Um, I I understand that employer about getting visas, but she's not paying her nurses much wages. As a HCA myself for 33 years, healthcare assistant, I now work with persons with disabilities in a high-dependency unit... Nurses run a lot more money than she's offering them and I know it's her own business. If she's offering that annual wage to nurses, what is the annual wage for care assistants? In most age agencies, care assistants start at 13.70 to 17 euro and nurses started 17 to 24 euro. And I suppose you can kind of look into and dig through what Catherine is offering as a salary or all you want, but the principle behind... What she's saying is she's got these three women who are working for her, who love working for her, who want to stay working for her, but because of a bit of paperwork, they'll be going home in May. Caller says, my niece has to look after her uncle, and all she gets is one hour in the morning and one hour in the evening. There's a huge wait for staff. Your thoughts on either of those elements. Childcare costs, Here one, here's one. I couldn't go back to work when I finished my maternity leave. It's way too expensive. We've been down money if I went back. After two years, I'm now going back to work, but I'll bring no money into the house. It'll all go in. Childcare. I'm going back for my mental health. It was a crisis point. To add to this, I'm a professional, and so is my husband. We are the definition of the squeezed middle. I'm a nurse due back after baby number three. I can't get childcare. Work is not flexible, so I may just need to take a career break. <sighs> the problem is out there, and you can deny it. People can deny it all they want, but there's a saying, and I like it. You know, if if ten people tell you you're dead, lie down. All the messages coming in this morning are
1: pointing to a problem. There's a massive problem.
3: Can we
2: just... Talk?
1: The opinion line on Corks 96 FM.
2: With the Cork City Marathon. Take on your next challenge this June by running solo or with a team. Register at corkcitymarathon.ie. Let's
1: go! We roll out the biggest hits weeknights from 8 on Corks 96 FM. The Hit Mix.
2: Percent hits from the best music mix. The Hit
1: Mix, the the Hit Mix. The Hit Mix with Shane Bucks. Weeknights, 8 till late. Only on Cork's 96FM.
3: Here's a call to 0818 96 96 96 that says my mother is a client of Color I work for the HSE myself. My mother gets care from the three workers who now can't get the visa. She'd be devastated if they had to go back. 0818 96 96 96. Now, Councillor Ted Tynan, it's 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 a bugbear of yours and has been for a number of years. Scramblers, uh, it's it's flaring up again with the good weather. Good morning, morning PJ.
6: Yeah, yeah, exactly. PJ, with the fine weather now again, the summer coming in, the last um, three or four days in in Mayfield has been appalling. Um, These scramblers are roaring along footpaths through the green areas. And the most troubling part, no PJ, is that they're driving through the children's playground at Lenamoylan. Oh God! Now so this playground is provided by Caxtony Council to um, so that the children would would have a play area that is safe, that is fenced off. But there's two gates. There, one at the um, the sort of northern end of it, and another gate at the top end of it, the southern end of it, you know. Yes. And the um, these scramblers are making me there through and speeding through the playground. It's only a small little playground that would cater for about forty or fifty children, but the children cannot use that now. The the minders of the children, the mothers and the fathers will have to bring their children in over the playground once they hear the scramblers arriving. Mm.
3: And, and, and uh, is this deliberate? Uh, uh, I mean, is there nowhere else for them to go? The scramblers are, are they deliberately going through the playground?
6: Well, well, they're going through the playground and they're going along the footpaths and through the green areas. But mm. these scramblers are not suitable for uh, built-up areas. Yeah. Um, scramblers are mountain bikes, you know, remember, you know, Vernon Mount outside. Do. R- remind and, me
3: again, Ted, about the legality of these things as well.
6: Well, no, there's a bit, that's a bit of a grey area. The information I had for the last 12 months is that there was legislation going through dial to make it um, illegal to drive scramblers in on housing estates or even on the roads, I believe I don't think they're suitable uh, to, for driving on the roads. That they're they're a particular type of bike that are um, for mountain tracks and all that type of stuff. And so I'm I'm not a hundred percent sure on the legality, okay. of it, but I believe and I've been told by county that they can seize the bikes. If they're um, a danger to people, yeah. which they most certainly are, over the last few days in
3: Mayfield, you know, yeah. just be careful, we're not going to identify any individuals. So, but there was yeah. an incident involving a dog, I believe.
6: Yeah. No. What What's happening is that the dogs are being coming, um, like dogs are just like children. Yeah. Children are, are are scared of these boys whizzing past them. Dogs then get um, get frightened and stressed out as well by it, and. Um, I was told that a dog had bitten somebody on the leg, a male, you know, but whether they're directly linked to the bikes or not, I'm not too sure about yeah, that, yeah. Um, PJ. But certainly, the atmosphere that's in the parks now, in the green areas, children are out, particularly in the summertime, they're out on the green, they throw their robes on the ground and they play their games and all that, and these are two, three, four, five years of age with supervision by their parents yeah. from a safe distance. But when they hear the bikes coming in front in the distance, like the engines are roaring, they have to rush out and bring their children into the front garden or in home to make it safe. You know, that, that's not good enough, PJ. And I'm using this opportunity to publicly call in the guard to, um, to, to take action and eliminate these um, scrambler bikes from housing estates. No, are you, They're not
3: suitable. I, I take it you've yeah. already called Mayfield
6: yeah. Station,
3: yeah. Head, and what response the, have you had?
6: No response so far. Not myself personally, but from people in the area. And I've also um, sent uh, an email to Brian Ganey of Cockstady Council to use his good officer to contact... Um, uh, Michael Commons, Mick Commons, Chief Superintendent, mm-hmm. uh, who, was, who was placed in Mayfield up to a few years ago and he done fantastic work while he was in Mayfield and he was a kind of a hands-on type of guy, very, very open to uh, meeting local people and all that and I've done a, made an appeal to um, Mick Commons so to the good officer of Brian Ganey in City Council who... To request me comments, could he organise a, a, a response to this situation yeah, and take yeah. these bikes off the road before a PJ a child is injured or
3: worse? You I, know, I think that's it's, that's that's the big fear, isn't it, Ted? That, it is. You yeah. know, a, a little child won't get yeah. out of the way fast enough, and we'll be yeah, faced. Yeah. And, and we'll be sitting here, you and I, and and you right. know what I'm going to say. You and I will be sitting here some morning yeah. talking about a terrible tragedy where a tiny yeah. child has been hit by one yeah. of these things and is either fighting for its life or has actually died. Yeah, that's exactly it. Do you genuinely fear that, Ted? I do,
6: of course. I, I've i seen these bikes, and indeed the drivers of, of, of the bikes are a danger to themselves as well because they don't wear helmets. They're, they're not aware of the danger. In fact, one of them went through a garden fence, a railing at the front garden of a house down Ballonderry Park, tore through the garden and then bounced off the gable and wall of the next house. Right, there was a gap between two blocks of houses, you know? Okay. And that guy just got up and back on the bike and drove away. Yeah. It had no... It didn't seem to have any effect on the according to the people who observed it, yeah, you know? The tragedy... Yeah. tragedy waiting to happen PJ that's, that's... and you spelled it out clearly
3: there yourself I think that's what know? it is I think Ted let us, let us not let us not and you and, I, you and I have talked to each other a thousand times over the yeah. years and sometimes yeah. we've disagreed but, but let, let us not ever be in a position where we're sitting here on the opinion line on Cox 96 FM and you're telling me about a small child hit by a scrambler and fighting for their life or worse let that not happen Councillor McNugent of Sinn Féin, thank you Ted Councillor McNugent of Sinn Féin was saying we're awaiting details of a new Department of Justice scheme to address the, ju- the use of scramblers and quads The scheme would set alternatives to the use of the machines with the priority to take them off the public roads and green areas Now some sad news has just come in You'll often remember us talking about TJ Uh, TJ and the bus drivers and the skip at radiothon over the years. uh, TJ was the guy who set up the skip, who organised the skip, and every year over the years of the radiothon ran the bus errand skip for us. Well, he's been in touch with some sad news. One of the lads that helped with that operation year in year out was a chap called Pat Lynch. It was TJ and it was Pat and a few more lads. Well, I have to tell you that Pat passed away suddenly over the last number of days. Uh, He had been a driver on the 202 for more than 20 years. So he would have been known to many north and south of the city. Uh, Happy, cheery guy. He'd always give you a wave and a smile when you're getting on the bus. His funeral is Thursday at St Mary's on the Hill. And TJ was wondering, would I give it a mention? and why wouldn't I TJ because just like you he's a friend of the house he's a friend of this radio station and to his family and his relations and friends and colleagues in Borsairn because Borsairn is a family too we send our deepest condolences (laughs)
2: The lines are live. And we're ready to talk. Can we just talk? Call 0818 96, 96, 96.
1: Text or WhatsApp 083 396 96 96.
2: Email opinion at 96fm.ie.
1: The Opinion Line with PJ Coogan.
2: On Cork's 96FM.
3: I'm just looking at the Dark Sky weather app for the next few days. Alan O'Reilly from Carly Weather has been saying very little by way of precipitation like rainfall or maybe even snow over the next six to seven days. Dark Sky seems to definitely go along with what Alan is saying tomorrow you get a, a chance of a shower, all right. There's a 40% chance of a shower tomorrow. Today, a high in Cork of 17 degrees, which will be lovely in the afternoon. Gorgeous afternoon to sit out in the sun with a book and a cup of coffee later on. Tomorrow, not so nice. Thursday and Friday, bright and sunny but cold, with a daytime high of 10. Saturday and Sunday, a little bit milder, 12, 13 degrees mixture of cloud and sunshine but nothing by way of heavy rain precipitation nothing like snow coming it looks like over the next week so getting colder but staying mostly dry seems to be uh, the forecast 0818 96 96 96 let us touch upon the story that's leading the news this morning and some people were saying look this is an elitist sport and and most people don't actually care about it and yes, it's a sport that the majority of us are not involved in or know nothing about, and certainly there'd be far more interest in rugby or soccer or Gaelic games or anything like that, but at a golfer and anything like that. But at the same time it must be said, and we've been said more than once, the America's Cup is the third biggest sporting event on the planet behind only the World Cup and the Summer Olympic Games. And we were given to understand it was ours to lose here in Cork. If the government took, took the opportunity to bid for it and 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 went and said, right, we'll take it on board and we'll do it. And they announced last evening that it's not going to happen. The 37th, I'm reading from the Examiner, the 37th America's Cup will not be coming to Cork in 2024 after the government confirmed... Ireland had withdrawn its bid to host the prestigious yacht race. It's been labelled disappointing and short-sighted by Cork Chamber, as you have heard there in the news. There would have been quite a significant investment involved, but the returns would have been enormous. The Department of Tourism, Culture, Arts, Great Sport, Media, and whatever you're having yourself by the looks of it, said that while Cork Harbour would be a great venue, duh, Tell us something we don't know. An assessment found that the necessary infrastructural and planning arrangements would not be in place in time. Ministers Catherine Martin and Jack Chambers said they had decided after consultation with party leaders and relevant cabinet colleagues, they would not proceed further in the bidding process to host the race. Now let's look at it. The Port of Cork, Cork Harbour, Cove. The perfect venue, as we know from... Tall ships race, as we know from Volvo Cork Week, as we know from things like that. The perfect venue for a summertime sailing event. Just the perfect venue. Now, Captain Mick McCarthy, formerly of the Port of Cork. Mick, you, and I know you many years, and if anybody knows the Port of Cork and its capabilities and and its potential, you do. You were trying to assist a bid to get it here. What do you think of this decision? Good morning.
7: Uh, Good morning, indeed. Listen, we're absolutely devastated. Um, And, you know, I'm just shocked um, at the decision, but I'm not surprised, uh, PJ, because, you know, people, um, you know, you read public comment about uh, fancy men out in yachts and, you know, sailing up and down the harbour, etc., etc., gin and tonic brigade, etc. This is a million miles so far away from that. And, you know, but look, we elect... Uh, politicians to make commercial decisions, and that's never going to happen. Um, I was in San Francisco in 2013 uh, when the America's Cup uh, was there, and over the last three or four days of the America's Cup, and the amount of people, the millions of people that came. I know the America is a huge country, but the infrastructure that was built. And it, it was nowhere near the figures that were being bandied about over the last 12 months. The infrastructure that built that was built for the Americas Cup is now a state-of-the-art cruise terminal in the middle of San Francisco Bay. It's an event center, and it was somewhere around 150 million dollars uh, in the states, mm-hmm. you know, but it was just so big. but it's now the biggest event center on the waterfront in San Francisco. It's where you know 100, 150 cruise ships dock it every year. Um, so the infrastructure is there for the next 40, 50 years. Yes, there is a huge, there wasn't um, that type of investment required in Cork Harbour because we have a lot of the infrastructure in place as it currently stands. And yes, there was going to be improvements, but, you know, you, you, you know, you fit The foot will fit the shoe. So in other words, I think in 2024, in what's happening politically around the world and what's happening in the Ukraine, we could have put on a a more scaled down 2024 uh, America's Cup, but it would have been absolutely a spectacle and would have drawn so many thousands and hundreds of thousands of people into Cork, into our hotels, into our shops, into our restaurants. But internationally, it would
3: have highlighted the capacity of Ireland to host these world events. Mick, you and I are both old enough to remember, and I was privileged to be involved in one of the committees organising the tall ships race when it came to Cork. And I remember people saying, oh no, we couldn't possibly do it. It's too big. I remember people saying, no, Cork couldn't do that. It's too big. It'll cost too much. To this day, and it's it's not yesterday, Mick, it's the best event I was ever involved in my entire career.
7: And look, ditto. Uh, I mean, I I actually, I had, I was lucky. I actually joined the Port of Cork in April 1991 as Deputy Harbour Master and was landed straight into the tall ships, um, you know, with with my colleagues in the port at the time. And it was just such a spectacle. It went all over the world uh, on television. The president, you had Taoiseach, you had international yachtsmen uh, coming in and it's It led to a huge boost in the popularity of sailing, which was evident right up, I think really, until the mid uh, you know mid twenty, twenty, what or twenty uh, zero seven, eight nine, when obviously the economic crash, And you can see people coming back to the water. And I think if anything, uh, PJ, it illustrated over the last two years, the staycations where people stayed at home, they suddenly found that we have a fantastic country. They found we have fantastic amenities Mm. that could be improved, obviously. We have fantastic water. We have fantastic coastline. We have the most incredible country. And here was an opportunity to showcase Ireland. And if they talk about 100 million or whatever, look, you said it yourself. We have no problem bidding for the Rugby World Cup. We have no problem bidding for the European Championship. We have no problem, you know, bidding for any of these international sporting events, which
3: pale into significance. The, the Tour de France started here one Cup. Sorry? The Tour de France started here one year.
7: Well, we started a Tour de France in, 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 in Cork and put it on the ferry down in Ring of Skiddy. And all the bikes and all the trucks went out to France and, and you know, the, we, we flew out the riders out to the Port of Brest, the ferry docked in Brest, and the, and the Tour de France continued from there. That's vision. Yeah. But look, we're, we're we're I suppose, you know, we're losing sight of the fact, I suppose, really, that, again, as I said earlier on, we're, we're electing politicians and they're making commercial decisions and they're not, you know, they're not capable of making these type of commercial decisions. I do understand the political discussion around this. This is a political decision. Look, we have Ukraine disaster. We have refugees. We have a housing crisis. We have a massive exchequer deficit. You know, most people, you know, I was looking at the Grand Prix on Sunday, and Mm -hmm. I actually felt guilty watching it when I I switch over and I see what's happening in the Ukraine. We're coming up to elections in 2024, you know, and you know we've seen the Sea poll and the papers over over the weekend we've seen the government parties suffering at the moment and this is a political decision they do not want to hand you know a a another political issue to other parties and I'm apolitical Uh, but you can see you can see this playing out um, on the political front and and the way it's been squandered I know what you're saying I'm
3: hearing between the lines I'm listening to you this administration does not want to risk another administration having the glory of this event
7: And well, that's that's it exactly. And number two, uh, this administration uh, are so fearful of the political. Uh, commentary that's likely to lead off in the next two to three years about mm. you know about squandering public money.
3: Might I ask you uh, something based on our comments this morning uh, and see what your opinion would be? Now, John says it was never going to happen. It's an elitist sport. You won't see many people from Nahini or Ballyfahan out yachting. That's one view which I think you've addressed. Kate says I'm disgusted about this not going ahead, if for nothing else but for the advertising of our country. If it was Dunleary or Hulse it would have gone ahead as a crying shame. Uh, Wyon says if it had been Dublin, uh, there you go, it, with regard to the Americans, as America's Cups as Stuart Middleton, if it was Dublin instead of Cork, would the decision still be made to cancel it? What do you think, Mick McCarthy?
7: Um, it, look, I, 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 I was slightly distracted uh, in what you said early, uh, just in that statement, I suppose, in that some of my best colleagues, you know, live in the north side of Cork, and they're probably some of the most, um, you know, competent people that I know on the water. Yes. And their love of getting out in the harbour, getting out fishing, uh, etc. cetera. I knew you'd answer that one. Sorry. Yeah. I knew you'd it, answer they, that it, is 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 fantastic. Look, if this was if this was up, I, I hate to say this, but if this was up in Dublin or on the east coast, uh, this we would not be talking like this. We would have to do, we would have the twenty twenty four America's Cup. Right. This is tied up in polit- in politics, which is unfortunate, but it's so short-sighted. From uh, the number, as I said to you before, the number of hotels, you know, a boost to jobs. This was bringing thousands of jobs mm-hmm. into the restaurants, you know, into the airport, into car hire, into bus hire, into people coming here. People would actually be coming here, and um, you know, in the in the next two to three or four months, they'd start allocating. Um, space for teams to start bringing in their equipment. The transport companies, the haulage companies, it, it just goes on down the track that, you know, it's just I, I, I think it's a terrible decision. I, I, I'm hugely disappointed and I think it's the probably one of the biggest own goals that Ireland and certainly Fault Ireland have scored. I mean, you know, they, they'll go on out to parades in Chicago and they'll go on out and we'll see all the politicians out in all of these cities all over the world promoting Ireland. And here we had the third biggest opportunity in the world to showcase what Ireland really is, you know, and it just to, due to political considerations, uh, they just uh, couldn't
3: take it on board. They just couldn't hack it. All right. Mick, thank you. Uh, Captain Mick McCarthy, formerly of Port of Cork Harbour Master, Deputy Harbour Master, you name it. One of the men who drove, for example, one of the team who drove the huge development of cruising into the harbour. You name it. Anything in the last 30 years that happened for the good in our harbour and our port, Mick McCarthy was behind it. I think we know what he thinks about the decision not to go forward with a bid for the America's Cup, which will now go more than likely, almost certain, almost as sure as today is Tuesday, it will go to Barcelona and the blessings of God on Barcelona. O eight one eight ninety-six ninety-six ninety-six.
1: Can we just talk? The opinion line on Corks 96 FM.
2: With the Cork City Marathon. Take on your next challenge this June by running solo or with a team. Register at Marathon.ie. Corks 96
1: FM. Yeah,
3: just coming back to something I told you for the news, the sad news of the passing of Pat Lynch, uh, of Bus Aaron. Um, one of the team involved every year with our radiothon, Skip. Uh, just some information. Reposing at Collins Funeral Home, Shandon Street, uh, Tuesday, that's today, from 10. A family in attendance from 5 with rosary at 6. Reception into Mary's of the Hill Church, Nognahini, quarter to 12, Wednesday, 30th March, for 12 noon Requiem Mass funeral afterwards to St. Mary's New Cemetery of the Kirkupan. Those are the details. 0818 96 96 96. Now, there is research going on at the moment into the red squirrel. The red squirrel, beautiful little creature, um, but unfortunately has been decimated by its enemy, the grey squirrel. And there's a lot of research going on as to whether it's recovering. And what is going on between the two species of squirrel? Uh, the, the red is our native. Emma Roberts is leading the great squirrel survey. Uh, Emma, good morning to you.
8: Good morning. Thank you so much for having me on.
3: This is read, led by by NUI Galway. Just give us a little history lesson first. The the red is native, of course. correct? <laughs>
8: Absolutely. So the red squirrel is our native species of squirrel. And in 1911, the grey squirrel, which is an invasive species um, originally from the United States, was introduced to Ireland, into County Longford specifically. Um, And since their introduction, they've decimated the red squirrel population. And this is mainly due to a virus that they spread called the parapox virus or the squirrel pox virus that we call it. Mm -hmm. And um, this is actually immune. The grey squirrels are actually immune to it, but it is detrimental to the reds. Um, Now, there's been good news with it um, through a lot of research that's been done. We can see that the red squirrel has started to recover in recent years. But um, the Urban Squirrel Survey, which is the survey that I'm launching, uh, I would like to focus now on urban areas as we... How we can get a lot of information from these areas as it's they're the most populated uh, by people mm. and also with uh, the increase in human populations this will lead to an increase in urbanization so it's really important that we look into urban areas as potential habitats for red squirrels and in order to do that we need to know about the red and grey squirrel distributions in these areas.
3: I'll I'll come back to that in a second but you know the way nature has a habit of of levelling itself out. I I remember reading about this last year, the Pine Martin I didn't know we had Pine Martins in Ireland anymore but we do and now the Pine Martins are they preying on the grey squirrels?
8: Yes, you're dead right. So what happened is within this very unlikely turn of fortunes for the red squirrel, um, the pine marten became protected in the 70s, which is a while ago now. Uh, but they used to get culled an awful lot by farmers um, because, you know, they do cause a lot of issues. They eat chickens, but they are lovely animals and they are our native predator. Um, so after the pine marten became protected it started to recover quite slowly and now we can see that as the pine marten is recovering it is predating on the gray squirrels but not on the red squirrels and there's a few uh, potential reasons for this Uh, this could be because uh, the gray squirrel is as I mentioned an American species so they have what's known as predator naivety so they're naive to these predators where the red squirrel has actually evolved alongside the pine marten so they're much better at avoiding one another.
3: Wow. So the red squirrel has an instinct to avoid the pine marten and keep itself yes. safe, but the grey doesn't because yes. it, it didn't emerge, it didn't evolve to need to be afraid
8: of a thing like a pine marten. Well, that is what some research is suggesting. Wow. Now there should there is going to be more research done into it, but that is what some uh, research is suggesting at the moment. So it's very interesting to see how, as you said, nature does balance itself out.
3: Yeah. Now they're both they're both they're both nice little creatures, but the red is beautiful. The red is a beautiful. Oh, little animal. stunning! Beautiful little animal. So, so oh, beautiful. So how it's can the, a pleasure how
8: can, to work near how, them?
3: I'm sure it is. How can the public help with your work?
8: So what we are asking is for the public to submit sightings of red or grey squirrels as they see them um, so they can... Uh, report these sightings to Biodiversity Ireland, uh, so that's a website uh, on the for the National Biodiversity Data Centre who has been, uh, who are collaborating with us. Um, So if they go on to the National Biodiversity Data Centre or biodiversityireland.ie forward slash surveys forward slash the urban squirrel survey, they can submit their sightings and the website will allow them to select a location and upload a photo and even. Selling a little? write a bit about their sighting yes. and that'll get back to us and we can um, look into that and we'll, we will can follow up if needs be. Now, we're particularly interested in urban areas, as I mentioned, yeah. and Cork City is a very interesting one as well because uh, we have, um, in previous squirrel surveys, have shown that a few grey squirrels have been spotted in County Cork, um, but they haven't really seemed to establish themselves to this side of the country. So it'll be interesting to know if they are... Um, establishing further or if they've kind of been kept at bay by the pine martin, and also um, it's important to look at the urban areas in terms of the grey squirrel because I'm sure a lot of um, uh, your listeners if they've ever been to Dublin they'd be quite familiar with the grey squirrel as they seem to thrive in urban areas but not so much um, in rural areas so it's important to look at where the grey squirrels how the grey squirrels are doing near urban areas to see if they need to be, um, if anything, can be done uh, to help plan conservation actions for red squirrels in these areas as well. So, so how
3: close, Emma, to, say, you know, housing estates, how close to civilization as it were, will these little lads venture?
8: Um, well, it does depend. So a lot of the time you have... Um, kind of a source population which would be a kind of substantial woodland or an urban park where they can actually live and establish themselves but as they disperse so juveniles will disperse to kind of find their own habitat and they might venture in toward the city so you might actually see them in the city center the odd time and they kind of tend to go by line of sight with trees so they could be running along looking at trees um and if that might lead them to another urban park where they can establish themselves there. So you'd be surprised that you you might actually see them in the city. So it'd be great to know now, um, because if yeah. the more eyes, the better, because, you know, the, we can't be everywhere at once. And if we all kind of pool our knowledge together, we'll yeah. be very surprised, I'd say, what we can come up with.
3: Yeah, because I live across the road from a golf course. And in spring and summer you could see foxes venturing out at oh, night wow. oh yeah I, I regularly look out early in the morning now a bit a bit later in the year maybe in may time if you look out at sunset at sunrise there's a, there's a, i often see foxes on the green opposite i keep my cats in in the summer because the foxes yeah. get them right but but like i i have seen a squirrel or two on my drive into work That's in the morning brilliant. oh yeah
8: that um, is completely, like, that. that is a perfect sighting for us because these areas, um, they could be, these squirrels could be either living in the trees in these areas or they could be using the green space to pass to another area, you know, because yeah. they're perfect. That's why the foxes use it. Yeah. They're called, what we call uh, ecological corridors. Yeah. So they might not be um, suitable for, Inhabiting, but they are perfectly suitable from you know going from A to B.
3: And are they are they nervous around humans? Like if you see a fella sitting on a wall or sitting up a tree, will he stop? Will he stop to let you take a photograph? Like oh,
8: I wish. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Oh no, they're very especially now. The grey squirrels are a little bit bolder, which is why a lot more people see them, especially in urban areas. um, But the red squirrel is very elusive. So you could even be walking. Exactly. Yeah. So it's a you could be walking through the woods, or uh, like I could be within two meters of one now, and I'd never know it. Um, the they're very elusive, and a lot of the time they just kind of go to the other side of the tree. So they could be very close to you, but they're doing their best to keep hidden. And since they're quite small, they're very um, acrobatic, and they're able to uh, move through the trees very quietly as well so they are very hard to see so it's a it's always really special when you do get to see one
3: you'd be amazed how eagle-eyed listeners to this program are emma so if <laughs> if, if they spot start spotting squirrels uh, red or gray in the early hours of the morning we, we'll we hear about it um
8: brilliant i'd be delighted to hear about that myself now because as i said we're very interested in all all of the sightings and um, in and around the city so, uh, so we can really get a good idea as to how they're doing in urban areas.
3: Biodiversity.ie is the website, then, isn't it?
8: That's it. Yeah, biodiversity.ie, and if you go to the survey section, you'll see it. There's lovely pictures and identification uh, features for the red and grey squirrel as well. In case you're not sure which one you've seen, right. um, and if there's any uh, anything else, I can follow up with you, like personally as well. So sure, sure. Uh, it'd be great.
3: Here's William. I very interesting. I've been watching a family of them up the Blackwater Estuary in Yall.
8: Oh wow! Yeah,
3: that's just straight in, straight in. So the oh people, people will keep their eyes open, Emma. Oh, uh, right. that would
8: be fantastic. Thank you so much. I really appreciate you uh, having me on and getting to talk about this. Thank no, you.
3: No bother, no bother. Thank you for being with us. Emma Roberts, she's PHI, a PhD researcher at the NUI Galway uh, leading the survey into the red and the grey squirrels of Ireland. If you see any, let us know at biodiversity.ie You see, I haven't seen many, I did not Certain I haven't seen them yet this year now, but but in I remember last year driving in in maybe May in the mornings, you'd see there's one or two there were grey ones. Um but it, they're gorgeous little creatures. Absolutely gorgeous little creatures. 0818 96,
1: 96, 96
2: Can we just talk?
1: The Opinion Line on Cork's 96FM.
2: With the Cork City Marathon. Take on your next challenge this June by running solo or with a team. Register at CorkCityMarathon.ie.
1: Access all areas on Cork's 96FM. Your
2: guide to nightlife on Side.
1: Hi, it's Michael here with an update on Cork's Entertainment.
7: Join the Everyman Sunday Songbook team for an unforgettable evening of story and songs celebrating Oscar-winning actress Doris Day. Secret Love, The Story of Doris Day runs at the Everyone Theatre on Sunday April 24th.
0: Access all areas. CS live and
7: gigging the showcase from Colossus Stefan Nafa's music management course comes to the Triscoll on Wednesday 6th of April. It features the Love Buzz, Clodagh Quirk and more and tickets are available from the Triscoll's box office.
1: Access all areas.
7: You can contact us here at Access all areas if you have a show, play, exhibition or gig coming up or any live streaming events by emailing us on AAA at 96fm.ie Access all
2: Areas. Your
1: guide tonight, nightlife on
2: side On Cork's 96 FM Just had a
3: WhatsApp message Good morning PJ, I'm one of the nurses Catherine was on to earlier on talking about I've been living in Cork since 2019 it Feels like home to me now I truly love Ireland Thank you for the opportunity given to call us off It means a lot, you're more than welcome to, for that Listening to the childcare Victoria's issues with childcare The fact that she's handed in her notice at her job now a highly skilled job. She's handed in her notice because she simply can't get childcare. And we've had uh, quite a bit about that too. Let me get them here. Yes, thanks for highlighting this issue. It's also worth noting creches won't take children if parents don't do set days, which for shift workers uh, starts, causes a whole new set of problems. Yeah. I'm lucky my sister minds my little one. Otherwise, no way would I be able to go back to work. One, I wouldn't be able to afford it. And two... It seems the more you sit in your backside, the more benefits you'll get. Sometimes I feel you're better off not working in this country. Michael says, I've long believed that childcare should be part of the educational system, therefore be a state responsibility. It seems somebody in our system, politicians and or civil servants, don't seem to have the interest in solving this problem, which would and could free up many mothers to have a valid contribution to the workforce. Well, that's the the childcare sector, and I've spoken to them here, in the early education sector have been saying for a long time now that it's time to bring that sector, bring it in under the umbrella of education, which would mean that things like Montessori's and creches and play schools, they would come in under the umbrella of education and that the state would have some responsibility. Doesn't seem like it's going to happen anytime soon, though. Quick um, on the America's Cup. No forward thinking, says Kevin. I'm with your man, the harbour master. It's political. No votes in a perceived snob's sport. And that's just the thing, Kevin. It's not. The sport itself, there's a certain cohort of individuals are big in the sport. Loads of other people have an interest in the sport. The number of people who just literally pat- potter about on the water and have an interest in sailing. My son loves sailing. To sail, he sails with sailability and can sail. There's a massive interest in in sailing and and in everything to do with the water in all walks of life. But the sheer size of an event like this, when you go down into it, and you see, yes, yeah, sure, the sailing is out on the water, but there's the music, the entertainment, the tented villages, the businesses for hotels, the businesses for the restaurants. It's it's an enormous industry. That we are turning down. We're turning down an opportunity to create an industry in Cork over the next two years. That's what we've done. That's exactly what Michael McCarthy was saying. PJ, great show. Very sad, but not surprising. We're pulling out of the America's Cup. There's been no investment in Cove's permanent waterfront infrastructure for over 100 years piers down there are literally falling into the water. This is completely a political decision from Dublin. The event goes on for four years minimum. Often it hosts two cups. Such short-sightedness driven by our social entitled moaning ever-growing population. Thanks from Paul in Cove. Not so sure what you mean by the last bit, Paul. But certainly a lot of I think a lot of people who love Cork and love Cork Harbour and see the treasure that we have in this wonderful harbour of ours are wondering this morning how on earth you could just let this go for the sake of taking on a bit of heavy lifting. Because that's all it was. You take on a bit of heavy lifting. And you, 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 you step up and you put on the big boy pants and you do the big boy job. You do a bit of heavy lifting and you get this wonderful, wonderful industry into our fantastic harbour. I I have very little knowledge of sailing. I don't know one end of a boat from the other and certainly I'd I'd sink you before I'd sail you. I wouldn't have a clue what I was doing. But I'm gutted at the loss of this because the sheer buzz of it would have been just phenomenal. Oh eight one eight ninety-six ninety-six ninety-six. I cannot believe it's twenty-five years. You you can leave your hand on. Yeah. Twenty-five years. Since since what? Since the full Monty. Twenty-five years since the full Monty it, it was a comedy it was one of the biggest comedies of all time it won awards all over the place it, it was for, for a long time it was the biggest British film of all time and it's been to, to be revived now by Disney Plus as a TV series 25 years on if you don't remember what it was about you, you'll find it anywhere you look for it but it was the story of a few lads, a bunch of lads who were down on their luck. And they went and they formed a group of strippers. They were unemployed steel workers and decided that when they were out of work and down on their luck and they'd no money, they decided they'd start stripping to make a few quid and provide for their families. And the, the, the movie made like nearly $260 million worldwide, it was made on a shoestring of 3.5 million and it won several Oscar nominations including music and all that fantastic movie and now it's going to be revived and Robert Carlyle, you'll have seen Robert Carlyle most recently as the Prime Minister in Cobra and I watched, I was looking at Cobra where, where was, you man from the full Monty, this is the queen to be to me These, This was just a great movie and and it will be rebooted. Chico for the chain gang. Hello, Chico. Good morning to you. Good, good morning, PJ. Lovely to be on the show. The reason you're here is because you do this. You are you are a, a, a stripper, a, a chain ganger, a a Monty man.
12: <laughs> yes, yes. The show has gone from strength to strength over the years, and next year, PJ. The chain gang show celebrates 25 years on the road. And their saying is, strip shows have come, strip shows have gone,
3: but the chain gang have stood the test of time. And you sure have. You're around... A long time. The same length of time as as the Full Monty. Nearly there. Nearly there. So did did you launch on the back of the Full Monty? As in, was it because it was such a huge film and it was a huge success?
12: Many, many years ago, these shows were very, very quiet, very done on the QT, and it was very hard to get recognition on this industry. But as the movies came along, especially The Full Monty, it opened the doors, pubs, venues, hotels, clubs, everyone started booking the show. This Mother's Day in Dublin, the shows were so busy, I thought my eardrums were going to burst. And it's all ages. It's the type of show you can bring your granny to.
3: Yeah, because it's not dirty and it's not sleazy. It's fun.
12: Well, you know, it's a fun night out with the ladies. But if you ask out of 100 women, what are you coming to see? They will tell you, you just said it,
3: they're coming to see the Fall Monty. Yeah. And yeah. it's fun. Yeah. You joined them nine years ago. Um uh, where, where have you where have you travelled to? Where where has the show brought you?
12: This show, I have worked all over the world on various strip shows, and I have to say, PJ, of all the shows and all the women all over the world, I have to say to the Irish women, Irish women scream louder than anybody else in the world. <laughs> My eardrums are nearly burst from Mother's Day, but there is a show we do every year in Cork and all the ladies listening this morning will know it's Little Women's Christmas. And we look forward to it every year.
3: Oh, that's a huge night. Now, compare what you do on stage and the show. Compare that to, say, The Full Monty as a movie, a very enjoyable movie. Is there any real comparison? Do they get it right or do they get it wrong?
12: So, I will tell you, at the beginning, when the boys started this show, all the old guys that were in the show, when they went on stage they wouldn't take their trousers off. It was the best comedy show out there. And then we went to see Chippendale. The manager told me this. We brought the boys to see Chippendale, the best in the world, and they learned from there. They brought in the best choreographers, the best costumes, and they put a two-hour show together. And it worked. And we never looked back. But the movie is an icon. Yeah.
3: in terms of just being an out of work steel worker and, and and getting involved in a strip show, like there's an awful lot of fitness and training involved wouldn't there be and you have to learn to dance you can't just you can't just wander out there and take off your trousers and start wriggling your hips can you no no no
12: when I came here first, I auditioned for the part and the chain gang, but like you said, I had to be in good shape, I had to know how to dance, I had to pick up all the steps. And now, it's a well-oiled
3: machine. Yeah, well-oiled. Shiny oil as well. Oh,
12: yes. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. It's it's been fantastic. And on this show, you are a superstar for a day. Just like the movie. Those guys, they are superstars when they get it right. Do
3: you have to keep very fit?
12: In this industry, you have to keep fit, and your image is everything. When the girls and the women come to the show, they want to see the best-looking guys on stage. That's what the chain gang is. The performance from the guys is a build-up to the full Monty at
3: the very end, Mm. just like the movie. There's no point in being stripped if you're not ripped, like... (laughs) Well, (laughs) what did
12: they say? We are the hunks and trunks. (laughs) And remember, it's the
3: chunks that make us hunks. Yeah. How close do you let the women... Because I've obviously not been to a a chain Gang show, but how close do you let the women get, Chico? Well, there has been incidents over the years in many of the papers where
12: girls have brought scissors along and have cut the G-strings off the boys, but in the process, they injured them. So we say at the start of the show now... Uh, hold on, hold, hold on, hold on. Let's pull
3: back there a second. So... <laughs> This happened in Ireland, where women actually brought scissors.
12: Yes, in the early days, and that made a lot of the newspapers. One of the guys got two stitches in his bum, but that made all the papers, all the newspapers. I'm
3: that sure was in the did. papers.
1: I'm sure it is. Yes.
3: That yes. would make the six o'clock news. <laughs> <laughs> oh, so what now? So now you say what? What do you say to them?
12: Now we say at the well, the compere says at the start of the show, ladies. Please do not touch the merchandise, and it doesn't. They don't. They behave very well now. The show has come a long way from the early days, but you know, movies like this is what catapults it and brings it all back again and highlights it. Yeah,
3: I was reading about it this morning, and like I said, I've seen the I've seen the full Monty a dozen times. It's a lovely movie, wonderful soundtrack, great fun movie. I'd be afraid of a television show. And particularly now the times have changed. I'd be afraid of a television show. What would you think? I I
12: think things have changed, like you said. And everything now seems to be just more acceptable. Things have changed. And, you know, Ireland has come a long way since the old days.
3: Yeah, I can remember. I can remember priests being upset about the full monty. Do you know? So times have changed in that regard for sure. They're yeah. filming. They've started filming. I think they've actually started filming in Shef- Sheffield and in Manchester, but we've no idea when it'll come out. So are you still? Are you still touring, Chico? I'm
12: still touring with the guys. It's great to be back after COVID. Nothing happened for two years. Yeah. Um, these are our first couple of shows to be back at, and they're packed and busy. And speaking to all the women at the shows, you know, it's great to hear them say it's fantastic. Things have opened up and come back to a bit of normality.
3: Yeah. And you mentioned the scissors and how some people used to bring scissors. I also heard that one or two women made their way forward one night or several nights carrying measuring tapes any truth in that rumour?
12: I don't know I don't
3: know that one I don't know
12: I can't (laughs) answer that maybe it did maybe it didn't but you know as I said now if the movie comes back the full Monty with a a different version this industry will be buzzing again
3: Yeah. yeah you reckon there'll be plenty work in it
12: yes well, you know, the chain gang have the name yeah. in Ireland. It has now become a household name. Yes. And listening to the women at the shows on Mother's Day, you know, i seen you here, i seen you there, I brought my granny ten years ago. I was only a young woman when I came to the... It has come through the generations. Everybody knows the name. Yeah, it's it's a, a very, very good name and a strong name with ladies when they go to the ladies' nights. Yeah.
3: Yeah, yeah, and and they are, are. Are you coming to Cork on this latest tour? Well,
12: not on this tour, but we are hoping to get there for January sixth. So, any pubs or clubs or oh, hotels yes. listening this morning, we are available
3: at the moment for January sixth. Little Women's Christmas. Little Women's Christmas. Yeah, and and no, and nowhere does it like Cork. Would you agree with me?
12: Well, you know. January 6th in Cork City is a very special date for us. We have been going there for twenty, well, 22 years because nothing happened for the last two. But it's, it's a great time of the year and it's a very special date for all the ladies. They all go out on the town in Cork City. I think Limerick and Philly as well. It's big, January
3: 6th. As soon as you pin it down, and I know this is only the the end of March, but I know that promoters and people booking tend to book many months in advance. As soon as you let us know where you are, Chico, the chain gang on the 6th of January 2023, we'll let Cork know.
12: PJ, we sure will. And remember,
3: it's Chico time it's Chico time <laughs> Did, wasn't that on the X Factor as well <laughs> yes 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 <laughs> but I took
12: the name I come from Spain from Gran Canaria and I work now with the boys and Cheers. that is my logo it's
3: Chico time it's Chico time good to, good to talk to you that's Chico from the from the chain gang I tell you something the people in Fergal Berry's contacts book they frighten
1: you sometimes can we just talk The Opinion Line on Cork's 96FM.
2: With the Cork City Marathon. Take on your next challenge this June by running solo or with a team. Register at CorkCityMarathon.ie. The lines are live. And we're ready to talk. Can we just talk? Call 0818 96, 96,
1: 96. Text or WhatsApp 083 396 96 96.
2: Email opinion at 96fm.ie.
1: The Opinion Line with PJ Coogan. On Cork's 96
2: FM. 0818 96
3: 96 96 is the number to call. Text or WhatsApp 083 396. 9696 and new email is opinion at 96fm.ie A lot of people are kind of disgusted by the whole America's Cup story today and quite a lot of reaction as well to our childcare and people who say you know what cost of childcare is just ridiculous but I need to go back to work for my health and well-being I need to go back to work to be able to actually know what I'm doing when I do go back to work. And childcare is a massive problem, not just the lack of availability, but the colossal price of it. 0818 96 96 96, your thoughts are welcome at that number. Now, the student enterprise program is a really exciting part of transition year, and two students from Scullverdigan Small in Blarney have been chosen to represent the local enterprise office in Cork City in the final of the Student Enterprise Programme in Helix in Dublin on the 18th of May. Emily Toomey and Eimear Henshin uh, join me. Emily, I'll start with you. Uh, this is yep. a very clever project called Save for Change. What is it? Good morning.
13: Hello. Um, it's, um, our product is a money-saving box. Um, it's used to, It's a box that you can use to store loose change and for saving. There's um, different compartments for um, different values of money. So we have a compartment for 5 cents, 10 cents, 20 cents, 50 cents, 1 euros and 2 euros. Right. And um, you can take the back of the box off then to get the money out.
3: Right. So there's loads of people around. I do it myself every year and I take, them, take the money out for my holidays. Yeah. Put your loose change into a bucket or a box at night. And then you count it up at the end of the year. So what this does is divide it all into sections. So yeah. th- that's that's yeah. that's really exactly. that's really cool. And it was was it yourself and your dad came up with it, or did you think about it? Think of it or what?
13: Um, I was talking with my dad and we had a biscuit tin of loose change at home and there was always change going everywhere and um, we came up with an idea then um I was talking him about it and we decided to come up with a box that'd be um convenient to sort. So um, we got the ball rolling then and uh, we started to make it and that's how we came up with our product then.
3: Yeah, no. Ex- explain how it works. You have to have the idea and then you have to develop a product within transition year.
13: Yeah, um, so we came up with our product and then we had to create a prototype. So we um, got our materials and we we started off making them. First we made it too big and um, a bit too heavy so we had to cut it down. Um, so... It was um. That's how we. That's kind of the idea then, and we had to sell it and promote it. Right,
3: nice. Emer, I'll bring you in here. Uh, how did you get involved with it? Um, Emily, Emily came to you saying, "Here, can we can we do this together?" Was that it?
14: Exactly. Yeah, we were just in class together, and it just kind of the idea sparked from her, and then we just started making up different prototypes to make, and then in the end, we ended up settling on the money box.
3: Yeah. So you have to literally. Start with a pencil and paper or a computer, draw it up and develop it from scratch. That That's what your program is about.
14: Exactly. That's what we did.
3: Right. And have you sold them already?
14: Yeah, especially at Christmas time, we made around, I think, 40 or 50 sales um, like to the community of Blarney and even outside of Blarney as well.
3: Right. And you have to advertise it and everything, do you?
14: Yeah, we have our Instagram, which is safer Change underscore, which we promote our product on a lot. And we have a Facebook page as well, safe for Change.
3: Right, okay. And social media is important for getting the message out there, is there? Is it?
14: Yeah, exactly. Like, everyone says that with teenagers, it's very helpful for them to use social media. And it really helps us a lot just to get it back out even to the parents to help their children to save their money as well.
3: Yeah. Now, you're hoping to mass produce it.
14: Yeah, we have um, been in talks with Waterloo Joinery recently because our demand is so high for the boxes, and we're hoping to make many more boxes with them to get our product out.
3: So, what company did you mention there?
14: The Waterloo Joinery the in Burnley.
3: Okay, and are they making it for you right now?
14: Yeah, we're going to start next week with them, and then they're going to help make it for us.
3: Fantastic, fabulous. So, Emily, how did you get cho? How exciting was it to get chosen to go forward to the final with this?
13: We were delighted. We were in um, the competition for the county final in UCC on the fifteenth of March, and um, there was loads of other schools there, and we had a great day out. And it was a great achievement then to go on and be representing the local enterprise office, Cork City. Now in May, we were delighted.
3: Yeah, could you could you imagine this turning into a career for you both or a business for you both?
13: Definitely. Yeah, we love it, and we've it's given us great opportunities now, and we're having a great time doing it.
3: Yeah. yeah. Well straight away there's one or two comments coming in. D says, absolute genius. Where can we buy these money boxes? Well done.
13: Um, we can you can DM us on our Instagram, which is Save for Change underscore, or you can email us at saveforchange zero at gmail.com right. And it's the number four. It's the number four and we accept payments through PayPal as well.
3: Ah, you're all set up. And how much is the money yeah. box?
13: Um, they're twenty five euro. Um, They last a so, and they're handmade.
3: Oh, yeah. And just come back to it. So, it's got the sections, and then when you, how do you solve the money from getting all mixed up again? And how do you stop Uh, it from falling out onto the table?
13: That's, um, we get asked that question a lot, actually. Um, You can, it's like, it's separate, it's in separate compartments in the box. So, if you take off the back, and then, if you lay the box down on like a table, and then if you lift the box back up, the coins then will stay separate because there's like they're divided in the box. I so see. Then you, you can um put it into the bag then and take it to the Credit Union or your local bank. Ah,
3: uh, you've, th- you've 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 thought of, you've thought of everything. I yeah. You'll you'll yeah. be up against competition from schools all over the country when you go to the Helix. You're excited about that?
13: Yeah. Yeah, we're really looking forward to it. Yeah, We've we to start it now.
3: Do you know who any of the finalists are? or do, Have you seen what they have to bring forward? Or will you not know until you get there?
13: We're not sure yet. We're kind of just focusing on our own way to get there now first. So we'll see when we get there.
3: You're playing your own game. You're dead right. Yeah. So it's save yeah. for change the number yeah. four and an underscore. That's your Instagram.
13: Yeah, exactly.
3: And pop us the email again. What is it?
13: Save4change0 at gmail.com.
3: And you accept PayPal. You're all sorted. Congratulations to you both for getting this far and best of luck. And keep us posted. The 18th of May in the Helix in Dublin is when the final is. Emily Toomey and Emer Henshin from Scullivera Small in Blarney. Now, there's a school that has put forward Young scientists, there's a school that is now putting forward uh, local enterprise winners. It's great. Great school. That's a brilliant idea. That's a brilliant idea. It's it, this, you know, we've all done it. I do it every year. Started the minute, I come, listen, the minute I come home from my holidays. I empty my pockets of change and lull it into a bucket or a box or a tin. And then literally the day before I go on my holidays, I tip it all out. I count it. And there's my spending money. Or some of it anyway. And you could make a a few books book, doing it. Just save your change. But they've got to divide it. Oh, it's so cool. Because one thing you have to do, and it's a pain in the neck, you have to bag it up and separate it out. You know it's One euros and two euros and 50 cents. You have to bag it up and then take it down. That's a pain in the two sides of your whatever. They've done that for you. They separate it out, and you then just have to bag it up. Brilliant. Oh eight one eight ninety six ninety six ninety six. And speaking of young people, it's coming to us from Alicia Joy O'Sullivan, who's been with me a few times. Skibbereen Community School organizing a van full of essential medical supplies to go to the Ukrainian border over Easter to help those fleeing the war. One of the guidance counsellors, Cormac O'Brien, is going to drive the van over there himself. They've set up a GoFundMe to help fund the project. And the plan outline is also on that page. They're looking to raise 15000 uh, If you go to GoFundMe.com and look for Skibberine to Ukraine. Skibberine to Ukraine on the GoFundMe website. I tell you, our young people are doing us proud. Can we just
2: talk?
1: The Opinion Line on Cork's 96FM.
2: With the Cork City Marathon. Take on your next challenge this June by running solo or with a team. Register at CorkCityMarathon.ie. Cork's 96FM. Diane. What?
1: You're going to New York! Oh my God, I'm delighted.
8: That's brilliant.
9: Madison Square Garden, Katie Taylor, Amanda Serrano, you are going. Oh my God, I'm so happy. <laughs> Thanks so much. Spending money, hotel, your flights, all sorted
1: for you. Well done. Brilliant. Thanks a million. Congratulations to our winner. It's just
2: a TKO. With no DC Cars Blackpool. Put your trust in their award-winning after-sales team with a Skoda service at nulldc.com.
1: Stay listening for our next big way to win.
2: Only on Cork's 96FM.
3: I'm just wondering, actually, what... Um, what Reggie from the Black Rock Road would think about the America's Cup. I'm, I'm sure he'd have a lot to say about it. I'm going to ask him in a minute because he's coming on because Reggie's show opens at the Everyman. He's got previews this week and opens then for a uh, couple of weeks. I'm, i I got to ask because he got to have a very strong view and I want to know what the captains of Cork industry want or, 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 or um, think about about the uh, cancellation of the bid for the America's Cup. I I know they won't be. They won't be too impressed at all. Oh, he's there, is he? Oh, very good, very good. Uh, Reggie, Reggie, what is... I know that you're not impressed. The captain of the Cork industry, not at all impressed about the cancellation of the America's Cup bid. Good morning. I'm delighted. Peter, don't be ridiculous. Can you imagine the kind of people that was going to bring into
10: Cork? You know, people with tiny yachts. Bishopstone types now with a kayak and stuff like that you know, there'd be kayak would be going out and there'd be people I believe you know those to of people gathering down at White Gate and a awful places there down in East Cork so I mean that's an awful impression I'd be bringing my billionaire friends over here no Russians obviously um, to this and you know I can't be showing them people from Cove no PJ it's a relief absolutely we're, we're, we're actually to be honest I've had a couple of glasses of mumbley this morning so uh, forgive
3: me if I'm flooring <laughs> Pat Fitzpatrick but Reggie Reggie is the ultimate lockdown project because it was during lockdown you started with him and now you're opening in the minute at the end of the week have you a you bag of nerves yet?
10: Do you know what And I, I thought about it a couple of weeks ago PJ I'm probably better now than I was because like, I'm totally new to this process I've never gone through getting a stage show together before but like a couple of weeks ago, I was kind of going. I was playing along with the Everman people. I was going, "This isn't going to happen. They're crazy. They they think this is going to, you know." But I've just been working with such brilliant people that honestly, and I know that sounds like I'm plumossing, but like we're ready to go. And we've done a couple of runs now. The last couple of days, and we're rehearsing again today, later today. Yeah. And it's it's ready to go. And I I love it. I actually I'm I, I've as pat the director saying I'm starting to enjoy it myself. Yeah. Which I know know the audience have to enjoy it too. Right? Like <laughs> I won't be going overboard. Yeah. But um. No, I look. At, we're we're doing previews now Thursday and Friday, so Thursday evening I might be a bit on edge, all right, But I can't. You know, you get to a stage
3: with something, I think we need. This needs to
10: have an audience now, one way or the other.
1: Yeah,
3: yeah. Like it's got I, the, the sketches are two minutes almost to the second. Yeah. How do you turn that into what is it, an hour and seventy minutes, whatever it is? It's actually an hour.
10: It's about an hour flat with uh, so no break. Like I think for me, it's working with the right people. Like I had a notion that I'd do a live show and I'd been talking to a few people and without ever really thinking of what that would entail because as you said, I can't do 30 videos, you know. Yeah. People would just get tired of me mocking people from Charlotte I'd never get tired of it, but, you know, Reggie would certainly never get tired of it, but people might. Um, and it just, so I got involved with The Everyman and Pat Kieran that's directing it and who's the stage manager. And just they've turned it into a theatre thing where there's different bits and pieces and there's songs and, you no. Know, you know, I block your ears because I'm not a great singer. But there's great fun in it. I call it, actually, the Panto in April. Do you know what I mean? So there's bits going on all the time, changes of pace and all that. And that, that was the key for me. For me, if anyone out there is ever thinking you're doing it, get involved with people who know what they're doing because theatre is actually much trickier than it looks. Yeah. And
3: I've been very lucky. There's a whole lot to bringing something, like which was a series of two-minute videos, bringing it on stage because at least with a video you could edit it, you could redo it, and if you weren't happy, you could scrap it and start again. Once you walk out on that stage, there's no safety net. Thanks for reminding me now, PJ. I was grand now
10: until you said that. (laughs) (laughs) But you know, that's what the rehearsal
3: project is about,
10: really. You know, and it's, it's... and as someone was saying to me yesterday, it, it's a live show, so things aren't going to go... Because, like, you know, the, the people who watch the videos, I'd say they'll be fairly robust to put, not to put to find a fine point in it. And there's a couple of very lively pubs around the Everyman as well. So you you, you kind of don't... I don't know what's going to happen in one way. But then that's part of the crack, if you know what I mean. So it's about knowing the stuff down so I'm really comfortable. I'm not looking for lines. and kind of going, I know where I'm going with the next bit of this. I know where I'm going. And then the audience see how they're going with it as well yeah, did,
3: did, um, di- did I see a rumour that there might be audience participation invited I don't want to frighten people off but yes but, no,
10: but, but can I just reassure people there is an incredible reward for whoever is up on the stage. And I'm not talking about me. So uh, it'll be really worth it. Yeah, two tickets
3: island. to the next night, is not it? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. There's a signed photograph of me. <laughs> and a free T-shirt. <laughs> I was saying, I'll, in that case, in that case I'll, I'll, I'll be listening in the toilets. <laughs> I know, yeah. I'd say you won't be the only one. I'll be knocking on the door, though. I'm going to check the toilets as well.
10: There's no hiding place inside there.
3: Yeah. So talking to Reggie, Pat, what, 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 what's, is he nervous? How's Reggie feeling, Reg? Well, yeah,
10: I mean, Reg, you wouldn't do, do nerves, obviously. Um, I mean, the only thing I'm nervous about at the moment is I'm kind of, I have a disciplinary issue inside me, everyone, because I thought they were big into the old air kissing, the old theatrical types. Yeah. So I've lobbed a few air kisses at people, and oh God, I got in fierce trouble for it. Um,
3: you not supposed but, to use the tongue, Reg? Well, it wasn't
10: being air kissing, there's nothing at all. I mean, it's, I, they, they found it very bad, but I'm, I'm getting really good. No, and I, you know, I know so much now about the theatre, PJ. Um are you familiar with the notion of the fourth wall, for instance? So that's, you know, where, where you go from the stage through to the audience. You go through the fourth wall. Now, I wouldn't try that if I was you at home, PJ, because you probably live in a semi-detached house. You know, you'll be on top of your neighbour. Um, but, you know, so no problem for me, obviously. Um, and, you know, I'm just getting very used to the lingo. Uh, putting it up is another one. That's how that's you put on a play. Normally for me, it's putting up bail for my accountant, Colby Comerford. He's back in Mount Joy again. He's but, done. Um, what did he do this time? It was just a rounding error. Uh, in his tax return, around eight million, actually, PJ. Um, so we're yeah, but we're working hard. I've, I've some of the top solicitors working on it. Unfortunately, my solicitor's in prison as well. Uh, but you know, it, it's difficult. It's difficult at these times. But I'm very confident. You I'm, know? True, I'm yeah.
3: true, sure Sean Mike has a solicitor you can you can Yeah, well, he, he's not even in jail, right? Yeah, he's on Devil's Island, <laughs> keeping him well away from the people. So I suppose Reggie's motivation is to make more money. Yeah, I'm getting fierce over with the director because he's saying, what do you think your motivation
10: is here? And I said, cash. And it's not that I needed PJ, but I love taking it off other people. Do you know that kind of way? Um, you know, particularly people like say from places like Balincollig and the Model Farm Road who think they've loads of it. Yeah.
3: That, that's kind of I've nothing else to do really. Particularly you now the America's Cup isn't coming, so that's what I'm looking forward to. Do you know the way Reggie, um, the, the whole thing went viral there the other night from the Oscars? I mean, you just said about insulting people from Charleville, and I've I've heard the things you say about Cantorock. And while one might agree or disagree, could you imagine anything happened to you like like happened to Chris Rock, some for the charging up on the stage of the Everyman to hit a yeah. slap for talking about
10: Mill Street well yeah just for that I am um, so I'm actually instead of rehearsals this afternoon I'm doing a bit of Taekwondo uh, and I'll have a zapper as well and a bit of mace and a couple of my security guys will be backstage so I wouldn't try anything really yeah. you know unless you want to get up and get the prize and um, yeah no I, I'm, I'm well capable for that are you um, really I, yeah and I thought I thought that was terrible on the Oscars though like it was like something you've seen Caroline it was awful people you know so I'm just glad now that uh that you know, I I've, I've hopefully had a nice crowd coming along to this.
3: Have you an appreciation for the theatre you didn't maybe have before? God, no,
10: no, not really. No, I don't. Know. No, not really. I wouldn't be going in there again myself, and I'd never go into the audience. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. I have no interest in that kind of stuff.
3: You didn't, you didn't imagine yourself as a star one day,
10: all day, all, all my life, P.J., all my life has been leading up to this. But uh, no, I mean, I never uh, going back to myself for a minute. I actually they put they put my name, Reggie, up on the the door of the dressing room with yeah. a star on it. And that was weird to see that <laughs> yesterday. now I know they're kind of taking a make of it, but uh yeah. Yeah, it was weird to see that. Um but oh. then no, no, I mean obviously, you know, I've nothing else to do. I've no job per se. It's mainly me just inheriting money from my relationship. So um so it should look it should keep me occupied. Yeah. You know have, you, I mean? have you taken advice? Well, yeah, but I never listened to it. You know, people are always trying to give me advice, but i never listened to it. And given the people who are giving me advice, i usually doing it from a kind of a payphone in Mount Joy. I'm probably just as well off not to be listening to them either.
3: And they only get one I mean? call a week. Yeah, exactly.
10: Yeah, so I'm glad. Thank God.
3: <laughs> yeah, all right. Pat um, <laughs> Fitzpatrick, Patrick, a.k.a. Reggie, the Blackrock Road. Do you know what? We've watched your character develop over the last two years, and I can't wait to see... <laughs> What you're going to present to us in the American yeah, eye? <laughs> yeah,
10: yeah, I mean it'll be a bit different from, you know, that was the one thing about the Reggie that it, I to kind of you had to flesh him out. Literally, actually, I won't go into details, but <laughs> there'll be a lot of me on visible on stage, shall we say? Oh, um
3: Yeah. yeah will we see Scobie or well, no he's in jail um,
10: well Sean Mike I mean Sean Mike unfortunately of course he had to go along um, but there'll be yeah, there'll be, I, I'm getting help from a couple of the lads who'll be involved in the camps of Cork industry who'll be running the desk and things like that because you know you want you to want kind of follow people behind you and terms like that but uh, it'll be mainly me up on the stage unfortunately ricking it now after what you
3: said to me, PJ. <laughs> Listen, we'll see you over the couple of weeks, Pat, and so, so looking forward to seeing it, and the very best of luck. Pat Fitzpatrick, a.k.a. Reggie from the Black Rock Road, uh, opening this weekend at the Everman Previews, Thursday and Friday, and opens the weekend. Good luck, Pat. 0818 96 96 96. A lockdown project takes to the stage.
1: Can we just... Talk? Opinion Line on Cork's 96FM.
2: With the Cork City Marathon. Take on your next challenge this June by running solo or with a team. Register at CorkCityMarathon.ie
1: Cork's
3: 96FM. Yeah, previews of uh, the Evening with G Thursday the 31st, Friday 1st April, 8 o'clock and then open Saturday, 2nd to Saturday sixteenth April at eight o'clock. O eight one eight ninety six ninety six ninety six. Now we have seen thousands of people coming to us from Ukraine in need of help, in need of refuge, in need of safety uh, from the war. And we've welcomed them with open arms. As I'm sure anybody would agree we should. But Donald in the context of something that happened to your wife, the whole thing has left you thinking. Good morning to you. Good morning. What happened?
11: My wife had a fall on the 6th of January. at, at a time, don't
3: 7th. know. Donald, could you maybe get a bit closer to that phone? Yes. If you so that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Can you hear me? I can hear you perfectly. Okay. Thank you. So, your wife had a fall. Yes.
11: Okay. And the ambulance came promptly. Best care, taken into the COH uh, accident and emergency with her certificate of VHI, which is private health care. Yes. She was diagnosed with a, a broken hip and a fractured femur at 4 o'clock, and she didn't have the operation for three and a half days. Wow. Wow. Just, just try to credit the pain.
3: Yeah. And I presume they did their best to keep the pain under control, but sure, she Absolutely. needed Absolutely, yes. yes.
11: But I couldn't understand. There was emergencies coming in, they said. But you, my wife was in an emergency when she went in.
3: Yeah, and it was three and, and, and a half days later she got her surgery.
11: Yeah, The reason I'm calling you is I'm peeved because there was two, two jets sent to Poland in a 48-hour period, to bring home an infant to Ireland, one infant, Mm -hmm. and I went out again and brought a 12-year-old girl. Mm -hmm. There were seven medical staff plus a surgeon on board. Now, Mm -hmm. how are we going to cope with 200,000 Ukrainians with medical cards? We don't know if they're vaccinated or not. We don't know Mm -hmm. if they're ill. We don't know if there's any disease they're carrying. Mm -hmm. And they have welfare as well.
3: Mm -hmm. Mm. So So you're you're saying that the fact that your wife was waiting, as terrible as she was waiting for three and a half days for an operation, uh, obviously in an awful lot of pain, you're saying the system? I think you're saying anyway, Donald. The system is under so much pressure, we can't cope as we are. Yeah, I must. I I must tell you that the
11: staff were absolutely fantastic. Yes, I no crib with CWH whatsoever. Yes. But I would love to ask the Minister for health. How is he going to cope with that amount of people? Obviously, some of them are sick. I am sympathy for what's
3: going on there. But I think we should look after our own first. The two mercy flights, and look, Britain is taking them as well. Many Uh other parts of Europe seem to be taking particularly urgent mercy flights. And in the middle of a war, you, you kind of have to do that, don't you? Well, would you not,
11: if your wife had a hip broken and a femur, would you think that was an emergency?
3: Of course I would, Donna. Of course yeah. I would. And I think we should. What, what, we, what we should be able to do is do both.
11: Yes. But can you imagine that was, that's private health care.
3: Yeah.
11: So what's happening with the public?
3: Yeah, yeah. You went in, you had VHI cover, but you went into CUH and, Yeah, yeah. So um And did they explain I, 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 at any I, I, stage why it took so long for her to get her operation? Emergencies.
11: Right. So I don't know what an emergency is if that's not. But also as well then I had an instance where I had to go to the hospital at eleven o'clock one night. Yes. Yeah. As there was a patient in the ward next to my wife and she was after getting a, a breakdown. And she was threatening people and Okay, when you're when you're immobilized, it's fairly frightening.
3: I wouldn't identify anybody, of course, but yeah, you, your wife was very frightened, so you had to go to be by her side. Obviously, at a moment like that, and make sure that she was okay. Yeah. Exactly. And yeah. I looked for um, a member of management staff, but yeah. they weren't. The and your 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 worry is that we can't handle the pressures we have, and exactly. that, and that yeah, it's all very fine to look after those coming in from a war zone, which, you know, as a humanitarian nation, we have to, you're worried about the pressure it'll put on our already stressed system, is that right?
11: And our welfare system as well. Yeah. Like, I have no objection to people coming, but they could be very wealthy, and they're still getting PPSI numbers.
3: Yeah, well, everyone has to have one of those to work, you see.
11: Yes, but I mean... Uh, there's a member of the the uh, African community, are here years in direct centres, and they're not allowed work. Yeah.
3: Yeah. So, yeah, do, you do, know, do, do you not think that the uh, a certain part of the delay also, Donald, that your wife experienced, um, might have been down to pressures on the system from COVID? I mean, we are still in the middle of a pandemic.
11: Oh, I've no doubt about it. That yeah. the, the the nurses in the trauma ward were had to leave the ward at, at, on occasions and go down and help out in the
3: emergency place. Yeah, and there was probably people as well who were out sick. I mean, maybe, yeah. maybe one of the doctors involved, or maybe, maybe there was a surgeon out sick or something, do you know?
11: Maybe, but as I said, and then they didn't operate after 6 o'clock, they told me, so... Yeah, yeah. So, um... <laughs>
3: How is you she now by the way, I don't know.
11: Right at home. She's home now. I I I just her last week because the care wasn't there. And uh, she's motoring along well. Thank God she's getting out of the bed for two hours a day with a walker and adjusting to life.
3: Yeah, Do, she had a, obviously had to have a full replacement to take it, did she?
11: You know, I'm not sure really. I know the socket was gone on here, so yeah, I'm probably sure had I got back to the the horse origin on the 26th of April we'll know then exactly Yeah, you know, but um, yeah. no, I just, I'm not complaining about the HSE in any sense
3: Sure, 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 and I think as well to be fair to you, and listening carefully to you you're not complaining about looking after people affected by a war
11: Oh no, no. We, we just, we got to get our priorities right yeah. you know Yeah
3: Okay, Donald, thank you okay. very much for your call I wonder what people will have to say about that That's Donald O'Brien, I wish his wife well uh, Certainly, uh, fell and broke her hip And had to wait three and a half days for surgery Which, as people are pointing out, you know what There's delays all over the system today because of, because of COVID Hundreds of staff are out with COVID, or isolating or affected by COVID. It slowed the whole system down. We have to let people in. We have to give them medical aid. It's, it's what you do as a humanitarian nation. Donal is concerned. Can we take the pressure? We don't have a choice. We don't have a choice in this matter. Um, we've got a pandemic and a war going on at the same time. It's putting the whole system under pressure. Uh, and to be fair to him, I don't think he's saying, don't bring in people who need help from Ukraine. Don't. He's not saying that at all. He's just saying, Christ, can we take it all? We don't have much choice, do we? 0818969696. 96 96. PJ, can you do a shout out there? For a man who just shouted out his van at me at the Dunn stores car park in Ballyvalan and said, Move over, four eyes. It reminded me of what's kids that wear glasses go through in school and how cruel it is. I never wore glasses as a child, only in the past few years, and it's the first time I've been called it. I'm really shocked at such a childish comment made by a grown man. Yeah, I, I gave up wearing gla- not for that reason but I gave up wearing glasses three or four years ago now I we wear contact lenses all the time but I remember that being flung at you particularly actually by angry drivers if you were a bit slow to change lanes or a bit slow to make a decision at a junction move over, all right! I mean what kind of a fool do you think you have to be to do that to somebody that's a desperate thing don't shout that don't shout that at someone. That's, 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 like, that's... <sighs> Are you six? The guy in the car. Are you six? I give over. Oh, wait, one eight. 96, 96, 96. Actually, speaking of road rage and stuff like that, I spotted it. I spotted two things the other day. One of which I can't tell you on the air, but the other one I did, I saw a road rage incident last Friday, lunchtime. I saw a road, as I was driving home, I saw a road rage incident on Brian Beru Bridge and I thought oh my god, someone is going to be killed here not the two cars involved but some poor pedestrian is going to get knocked down while these two have a shouting match at one another
6: Control yourself, will you?
1: Can we just talk The Opinion Line on Cork's 96FM.
2: With the Cork City Marathon. Take on your next challenge this June by running solo or with a team. Register at CorkCityMarathon.ie.
1: 96 FM has a shiny new phone number. Oh eight
2: one
1: eight ninety six ninety six ninety six.
2: Save it to your phone now. When I hear it, I just can't stop Save it to your phone now. Oh eight one eight ninety six ninety six ninety
1: six. The new number to call. Hello? Corks. 96 FM. Donald
3: was pointing out when he was telling me about his wife and her broken hip. He pointed out more than once that he had VHI. Now I didn't bother to raise it with him, but when you go into the emergency ward. Uh, the ED, it actually doesn't make a blind bit of difference when you're there waiting to be seen it makes a difference when you get upstairs maybe, but it doesn't make a blind bit of difference when you're there, you're just a number like everybody else, and Net says God forbid if you had a medical card, you could be sent home with no help, just like our kids waiting years for surgery. The H doesn't do much for you when you actually go in with a broken ankle or a busted knee of an evening time, but there you go Thanks for that. Oh eight one eight ninety six ninety six ninety six. Now let me get this right, Steve. You're, you're trying to fund a new horror comedy movie from scratch. The movie called Hell of a Difference. Good morning.
15: Good morning. Yeah, absolutely. We're 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 trying to get some funding in. I mean, there's a few different avenues we're going down, and there's money there, regardless of the film we're going to make in the summer, anyway. But um, obviously, the more money we can bring in, the more we can add to the film in terms of um, our special effects. Makeup and that kind of thing that we're going to need, um, better locations, costumes, all that kind of thing. Yeah.
3: So tell us about yourself. Deep Red Productions, Cork Company, and the plan is a movie called The Hell of a Difference. Tell me more.
15: Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. We're a Cork-based company. We kind of founded in 2016. We've done a lot of films over the years, short films, a few feature films last year, a lot of live events, music videos, that type of thing. A hell of a difference is basically, it's a, yeah, it's a horror comedy. It's centred around... Uh, four teenagers, essentially, who kind of summon the demon and um, kind of do a, a deal with the demon in that they'll help him become, because he's only a fledgling demon, they'll help him become a full demon in return for him helping them out along the way. And we've got four wonderful young Cork actors who are going to play the teenagers, and uh, and we've got Niamh Kremen, Gillian Roberts, Anna O'Connor and Michael Keane. And then we're lucky to have uh, Mark Atkin, who was in the Three Hobbit films as Richard Armitage's body Excellent. double, and stunt double, he's going to play the demon in it for Excellent. us. So we're very lucky to have Mark over to do that for us in the summer. Excellent. And the likes of uh, Kieron Birmingham ah. is going to be in it. Um...
3: You could hardly make a picture in Cork without putting Kieron in isn't it,
15: no, 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 he's wonderful to have him on board, and he plays a very important role in it that we can't say too much about because sure. the, the film hinges on that something around him. So,
3: so like, how much does it cost to take an idea, bring up a script? get a cast and a crew and a crew. how much does it actually need to do say the best job you want to do
15: um ideally we'd be looking at um somewhere between 12 and 15000 euro and right. um, and that's because like i said we're set up as a production company ourselves we won't be taking any money ourselves for it so that saves a huge amount of cost um in terms of the crew and that so the money we'd need would be you know going towards the actors going towards the the props, the costumes, the the special effects, makeup, the prosthetics, and that kind of thing that we will need. So it's a, yeah, any help people can give us will be appreciated. Like I said, myself and Emmet who wrote and is directing the film with me, um, we're not going to be getting anything else. It.
3: And it'll be it'll be filmed in Cork and edited in Cork and all that.
15: Absolutely, it's going to be entirely filmed in Cork. It's going to be edited in Cork. And um, We're hoping to start filming in July.
3: Okay, with a view, I suppose, to festivals.
15: Yeah, the idea would be to send it to festivals. We've had a couple of um, distribution companies already get in touch, even though we haven't, you know, shot a minute of this film yet. Sure.
3: Um, well, that's interesting. Um, that, it, it, yeah. People are interested for this. Time. So you've got Indiegogo. You're running a, a fundraiser on Indiegogo, yeah. which is a kind of a crowdfund for the movie industry.
15: It is, it is, it is. It work. It works really well for us that way, um, and people can find a hell of a difference on Facebook, and they'll see the links to it there. And there's some great rewards there, including like being part of the film yourselves for uh, different donations and that kind of thing. So. Uh, anything helps, really. Five euro, like the price of a, a cup of coffee or a pint or whatever. No. Uh, it all helps at the end of the day, and uh, goes into the film And helps us make something pretty special in Cork, like we we think it will be, and something we hope will will take off once it's done.
3: All right, Stephen. I hope we'll be talking sometime soon about that. The money is in place, and filming is underway. Good luck with it. That's a Steve Brookhusen writer and director of Hell of a Difference, Deep Red Productions, trying to fund trying to fund to get it done. Speaking of fundraisers, uh, we spoke last year on the programme uh, on September time to my old friend Kieran Kramer. Um, Kieran suffered a horrible complication of COVID 19, uh, a complication that put him in a wheelchair. Um, he suffered from, he got a bite, what was it from a, a horsefly? And he knew no more until he was in hospital fighting for his life. And the doctors who were treating him diagnosed him with an incredible side effect of COVID. He had had completely asymptomatic COVID. But when he got bitten by the horsefly, something happened between the horsefly bite and the antibodies to COVID and he got sepsis horrible thing and he's recovering think he's he is still he, he's still in the abode isn't he Tony down in Mahan and he's learning about life in the, in the chair and stuff like that good morning good morning PJ how are you good he's, sti- he's still he's still dragging himself along and, and getting a bit better day by day
16: yeah but he's still in, he's still in a wheelchair at the moment yeah. yeah hopefully hopefully things will improve but there is absolutely no guarantee at the moment that he will walk again
3: yeah, yeah, and and there's a fundraiser now. My my old pal Dan Urin was talking to me about this, and that there's a big fundraiser being planned for Kieran because the music industry is coming together for one of its own.
16: That's right. We have a huge lineup. We have Gina and the Champions. We have Bob the Donkey. Mm-hmm. We have the Dodging Tribute Band. Mm-hmm. We have Joe Mack and Oliver Kane. Mm-hmm. We've Mr. Dennis Desmond as our MC for the evening. Sure. Sure. It's going to be a huge night in the Rochestone Park on Thursday, the 12th of May. Right. So the services have been supplied. Everybody's supplying their services free.
6: Yeah.
16: Which is a huge, a huge it's a huge event. Yeah. We have uh, Forrest, Dennis Forrest from Forest Printing Stationery in the Oil Mallow Road who supply the tickets and posters. We have Dan Noonan from Disco 2000, Sound and Lighting and Vision of course, supplying the PA system and all the lighting on the night. We have Mr Anthony Fleming, Philip uh, Production, camera and recording. We've Ryan McCarthy from Marlborough Promotions Cork. Tickets are available, actually, from Marlborough Promotions. Their number is 21 490 And tickets are also available from Pat Johnson's Bar and Carroll's Quay. They are the outlets and tickets are at €10 each. We kept it at a minimum.
3: Sure, sure. To
16: Try and get a crowd in. All people are welcome. If you okay. want to buy a ticket and don't turn up, it's brilliant if you just want to support us. But yeah. if you want to turn up, we'd love to have your company on tonight. It's going to be a huge event. It's going to be videoed from start to finish and the DVDs will become available in maybe two months after the event and they'll be available for, I don't know what they'll be costing, you know, to be honest, at the moment.
3: But it they'll, will all be available. Go, they'll all go to the fund as well. So and we'll we'll I guess, Tony, look, this is, as I said, the music industry of Cork coming out for one of its own, coming out for a guy who's entertained... Tens of thousands of people played at hundreds and hundreds of weddings and events and nights out here and there. And and now he's in a bit of a spot and he needs our help and he needs the music industry and everyone who's supported the music industry to come out and, and do what they can for him.
16: That's it. Like the, the, the bands, like Gina, the champions, a huge, a huge band. the Donkey, mm. a huge band. The Dolan Tribute Band, a huge band. Joe Mack and Oliver, just special guests on tonight. Mr. Dennis Desmond is DMC. It's going to be an extravagant night in Cork. That's what it's going to be, a huge, huge, it's going to be a huge night in the Rojasdome Park on Thursday, the 12th of May. A huge night. And we need to support the people to come
3: out and support it. All right. Okay, Tony, and certainly, any time you want a bit of help with it, you just know where I am because Kieran is an old and dear friend uh, in the music business in Cork and he got an awful doing from COVID-19 and is in a wheelchair and like that, like Tony said, no one knows whether he'll ever get out of the chair. Uh, the last time I was talking to him, he was a little bit better, but still doesn't know what use of his legs he will get back eventually there's a video going around of him singing he sang desert moon the De- Des- dennis the young song it's on video somewhere on facebook and the voice is as good as ever i'll say that for him um so we'll we'll tr- support that as best we can on the opinion line over the next couple of months and there were i know there are loads of people listening to us at whose weddings and engagements and functions and dinner dances and events and parties he played uh, so let's get you out there to support uh, one of Cork's finest within the music industry Kieran Kramer 12th of May at Rochestown Park Hotel
1: The opinion line on Corks 96fm hear
2: the full show on our app by podcast or on 96fm.ie